like we usually do, especially now. We've been ditched by my by godless our, little brother. Our, yeah, most talkative co-host. Or, yeah. <laughs> I was banking on him to bail me out because I'm fucking exhausted this week. <laughs> I don't really have that much to say about this show either. I was like, it was good. <laughs> kind of like with the last one, basically. But either way, I got we'll get there eventually. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure I've got stuff to talk about. I can wing my way through a fucking recap. Oh, good, because like I didn't even get a chance to rewatch it this week. I was so like just swamped with shit. Yeah. But either way, uh, welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance. This is episode 261. I'm Mark. I'm here with Tim. Paul has bailed on us. So Yeah, just back to the two of us again from five to two. <laughs> yeah, which will make my edit a lot shorter than it was last <laughs> week because... Editing Mark had a rough time last week. I had a I had a long fucking week between editing Mark and working Mark. He was a busy boy. I haven't been that busy in a long time. Is what I'm trying to get at. I'm used to a much more relaxed pace. He's in these COVID times where yeah. I don't have a ton of shit to do. So, see, like I was busy, but more like we had people over last weekend and then went out on Tuesday night. Like I'm Ooh. getting back into the swing of you know being fucking social again. So, oh, so, yeah, that, that's different than you're busy. I'm still building back up to the go out and do shit yep. side of the world. Although I am. Whenever I, you want to come up and visit here, let me know. Say I almost ended up stuck uh, having to go up to Mississauga to pick up a package because I misshipped some shit to the Milton house, the old Milton house. Oh, uh, no. Because <laughs> Best Buy fucked their website's fucking terrible. Just so we're all clear, Best Buy is the worst website <laughs> in Canadian retail history. It's fucking terrible. It didn't accept my save when I changed the address. Oh, shit. So I just hit ship. And it was all went to my old house, and I was like, "Oh no!" Thankfully, Purolator like was really slow this week, and I was able to get a redirect in. Yeah. <laughs> so I got it all. I got most of it here, kind of thing. I, I, I'm, I'm out like seventy bucks on it right now. Like it's just out in the ether, but <laughs> yeah, the big part of it got here. So I'm like, thankfully, I can get that refunded, and I'm happy. So nice. whatever. Either way, yeah, it was. It's a long week. <laughs> Let's start the news. There's a, actually a fair chunk of stuff. We'll get right into it. There was a Doom trailer this week. Today. Was it just today? Or yesterday. Yesterday as we're recording this. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was yesterday. I thought I saw everybody going fucking crazy about it yesterday. So I, what did you think? Like that was, that's a lot. There's a lot in there. There is. It looks dense. It looks like dense both visually and story wise. Like it looks like they're not shying away from the density of Dune as a story, which I like, but it also looks pretty action packed and it looks like some of the most interesting things about Dune for me are, are things like the knife fighting skills and shit like that. And those are the things that are always interesting to see how they're adapted visually. And from what I could see in the trailer, those look like they're like they're adapted pretty interestingly, like in a interesting kind of visual style. And I mean, the overall visual style of the movie looks great to me too. So yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, it looks. Uh, I'm just. I'm curious who this like. What the audience is going to be for this? Because I know it's you and me. Yeah. But like, we were the audience for Blade Runner 2049, and that movie did not do well because its audience was us, basically. So didn't. Perf- I mean, I mean, didn't do well box office wise, but That's got true. like massive fucking props critically, right? So true. I, my my concern is that like massive critical props is not going to allow Denis Villeneuve to continue to make these massive epics the way he wants to. Yeah. he's not making the money back on them is kind of where my concern is because i think like visually this man is a fucking genius and he should be allowed to do these kinds of things as long as he wants to because yeah. he's crushing this kind of shit but like eventually the finances of the situation will come into <laughs> account and i bet you this movie does not look fucking cheap uh, i bet no. you they're, they're spending a big hunk of cash on this thing spent so. a lot just on the fucking cast i mean they spent a lot just getting that fucking worm to look as good as it did so yeah that too yeah, the effects are pretty good in this so far. So 
like we'll see what happens in november that's also like yeah this something coming out this year is it october sorry october October 22nd i believe yep october 22nd so we'll see what happens when it comes out in october i think it's gonna help because it's dropping on hbo max as well as in theaters so i think they'll probably get a good number like you know the the audience that has hbo max is an audience that is more looking for this like you know artsy kind of dense content right yeah so maybe that'll help hopefully i will definitely be going out to a theater to see it though if i've seen shang chi in september then i will probably go out to see this on a big screen because it will be worth it most likely see suicide squad pretty soon a couple weeks is a couple weeks is that uh that's is that theater only or is that coming getting an hbo max too I think that's HBO Max as well, because I think that remember HBO or AT&T or whatever that they were going to be doing like all of their releases this year uh, simultaneously on HBO Max and in theaters. So, yeah, I have to see about Suicide Squad. I don't know what the theater situation is down here right now. I do have a drive in I could use if I really wanted to, I guess. So there is open again, but I don't know like what regulations they're doing and stuff yet. I haven't looked into that just yet. That's that's my primary concern. I also live in like Dirtbag Central. So like, I don't know. Well, you also live where there's like no COVID cases. (laughs) There is also that I am quite (laughs) compared to where I am. Yeah. Well, you're right in the fucking city. So what are you going to (laughs) do? I'm on the sticks, man. I'm like way out in redneck country. So it's good times. We'll stick on the Warner Brothers front for now with news uh we've got a batgirl cast leslie grace will be the new batgirl in a the upcoming solo movie that is not being directed by joss whedon it's being directed by somebody else now we're i think six directors away from that story <laughs> but it was joss at one point and now it's somebody else but yeah i mean if i'm assuming are they keeping this in continuity with the batman is she going to be playing they haven't said yet whether she's going to be playing like the dot the ba- the barbara gordon to jeffrey wright's james gordon but yeah. i can only imagine given that she like is uh has darker skin that, that that's what they're going for because they do seem to be kind of trying to make that that little batman universe kind of thing i have been saying it since this podcast started if dc cannot get their shit together and do a big superhero universe there is a bat universe they could do on their own yeah for without sure. having to touch like superman green lantern wonder woman any of those characters and they have dope fucking characters in the bat universe okay. that you could make movies around and they i don't know why they haven't been doing it already if i were them that would have been the first thing i did was get my bat characters up off the ground because that's where your money is anyway because batman's their big cash cow and then get the rest of the characters up off the ground but they've done it bizarrely ass backwards <laughs> so i don't know what the fuck's going on either way th- there's a big story today apparently there's going to be two black superman projects going on at the same time at dc mm-hmm. sounds like michael b jordan is going to be doing a val zod superman project for hbo max which means well, he's also working on something through milestone is he not like is he not doing a bunch of superhero stuff right now uh, I, I know that he's also doing uh well so there's... why did marvel let him get away all this talent <laughs> he was in black panther just lock him up boys yeah. Come on. the other big one was ta-nehisi coates and jj abrams doing uh a black superman but presumably a, a black superman yeah. movie on the big screen but yeah the i don't oh, i can't remember if jordan was doing anything with the milestone reboot or not I thought he was he was producing it from what I remember, but like yeah, this story hit Collider today, so I don't know exactly like the details, like everything. They just were like, oh my god, he's doing this also, yeah. and there's two projects active right now. And I'm like, well, to be fair, I don't want to see the JJ Abrams one, but I'll watch the Michael B. Jordan one so the goddamn cows come home. That man's got talent oozing out of him. So, yeah. and for anybody who does not know who Valzad is, he is an alternate universe. Su- well, in the comics, he's an alternate yeah. universe Superman that his world already had. Uh, Kal-El Superman who died and he takes over as another Kryptonian that has come to Earth and he's actually resurfaced right now. Oh, is that? Oh, no, wait. Sorry. No, it's a different 
President Superman, like that has just popped up in the Infinite Frontier book, Justice Incarnate. Yeah, there's a bunch of interesting shit going on in the comics right now. Cool. Yeah, because we were just talking about didn't Authority ship this week and stuff. Yep. Yep. Uh, Superman and the Authority I have sitting right in front of me, written by Grant Morrison and uh, art by Mikael Jan. Oh, I didn't. Why did? Why didn't I not put that story in here? God damn it! There was a story about Amelia Clark joining the MCU, and I don't know. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Secret Invasion. Okay, there it is. So we're going to jump ship now from Warner over to Marvel. So first thing is casting. I just said her name and I forget. Amelia Clark uh, of Game of Thrones and Star Wars solo fame will be joining the MCU in Secret Invasion. Sounds like she's going to be a Skrull. That one, that one was rumored, but I, she just she confirmed it this. She week. confirmed it this week on TV or something like that. Yeah, from like what all the stories are. So that's cool. Or no, she was on a Zoom thing and she said that's what it was. I don't know. Yeah. And there's Kevin Feige. So she he was there, so it's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's official now, I guess. Ah, yeah. So Amelia Clark will be joining the MCU in uh, Secret Invasion. Hopefully, she gets a nice like juicy role. Give her like Spider Woman or something like that, so she can stick around. We just got a Spider Woman cast though. Did we? Oh no, that was for uh, Into the Spider Verse, though. That's animated. That's different. Yes, different yeah, it's a different universe. Yeah, that's not right. the MCU stuff. There it's hard was a to keep track these days. It is starting to become somewhat difficult to keep track of what's going on per universe. Yeah, Blade also found his director this week, Bassam Tariq, who is the first U.S. Pakistani person to helm a Marvel Studios film for Disney. We joining Stacy Asay Kufer, who is the screenwriter of Blade, and obviously Mayashara Ali, who will be playing Blade. Looks like they've been looking for him for a while. Uh, he did... The only thing I've got on him is he did a, an indie film called Mogul Mowgli, which I did yeah, not this see. Yeah, this is his first big studio thing, so, so... Yeah. Cool? Cool, I guess. Like, just bringing more... I like bringing more distinct voices in for this kind of stuff, so... Yeah, and Marvel's been doing pretty well with, like, bringing in these, like, you know, first-time directors, or at least, mm-hmm. like, first-time, you know, sort of big, big-budget big project directors. Like, I mean, with... With Loki, the TV. we're going to yep, talk about this talk week. About that. And, yep. Yeah, with what's his name from WandaVision as well. We're probably going to talk, or Shackman, Matt Shackman. Yeah, well, he's gotten picked up by Paramount, so that's a totally yeah. different thing he's got going on, which is awesome. It's always nice seeing talent go into the, you know, fucking Star Trek universe, but we'll get to that one momentarily. We are getting an Anansi Boys show without yep. Orlando Jones. Yeah, that's, that's the unfortunate part. Is so... that, yeah, without him doing his amazing fucking Mr. Nancy. Yeah, so I don't know what they're doing there, but it sounds like Neil Gaiman's actually on board for this, which is at least somewhat edifying, although I'm still not super sold. If it's from the same group of guys that did that show, uh, that show fell apart real quick on me, so I was sad. Gaiman's writing it with Sir Lenny Henry, though, uh, oh, the okay. black comedian, so maybe that says that he might end up as Mr. Nancy. That would be interesting if so. Uh, he's also in the Lord of the Rings Amazon series, too. Oh, is that the guy that Twitter was freaking out about this week because he's white? Yeah. Or he's black, I should yeah, say. And yeah, like, he's, he's black and they reveal or there's an elf. There's, I, I won't say they revealed because it didn't come out of it didn't come out of like official Amazon or, or Amazon. It uh, was leaked basically by the wondering.net, who we've talked about and interviewed people from on the podcast before. Cause they've always got like sources on the set and shit like that that reach out to them and give them little nuggets of shit. I shouldn't say shit, but nuggets of information. <laughs> uh, Close yeah, enough, really. Yeah, they, so they broke that news okay. uh, that he's going to be playing a hobbit or have dark skin tone. I saw Twitter freaking out about it, but I just ignored it as Twitter freaking out about it because <laughs> it's Twitter. That's what Twitter does. Yeah, there's actually a bunch of things that got announced with that alongside that. I'm 
there were a number of things. So they, one of their sources confirmed that in elements and passages from the Silmarillion have been licensed and unfinished tales have been licensed for that series. Previously it was, they were thinking it was like just shit out of like the appendices, the Lord of the Rings, the Tolkien estate is said to be very quote unquote, very happy with how things are going, which is a nice sign. Cause they definitely distanced themselves from the Peter Jackson movies back in the day. <laughs> Did they? I don't remember. Yeah, they, uh, they, well, they came out specifically and said like that they disavowed those movies, but that was also when Christopher Tolkien was still alive, and he, I think, in particular, did not was not a big fan of those adaptations. I'm sure they cashed the fucking checks they got for them, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, so fuck. You, you can say all you want, but if you fucking cash the check, then eat shit, basically. That's where yeah. Yeah, I kind of come down on that kind of stuff. Like, you can talk <laughs> trash about anything you want, but you cash a check, you're fucking in on it, so guess what? <laughs> And then the other um, sort of big thing there was, I, you know, there's been back and forth about there being like nudity coaches on set and stuff like that. There's somebody now saying that there is nudity in the show, but it is not nudity of a sexual nature. So just, people just going to be naked. They're not going to be fucking in Middle Earth. Lame. So like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, de- people definitely do fuck in Middle Earth. Like. Well, no, clearly it's, I mean, I don't do they. It's, it seems like the most chaste, sexless universe sometimes when you when like when you watch the movies specifically. It's it's got a very like Sam has uh, like nine kids with Rosie by the end. Yeah, but like that's out on the farm. You know what I mean? That's how <laughs> shit happens. I understand that. Also, hobbits pro- do hobbits breed one at a time or are they like rabbits? Like, did they have yeah, a, they like have a litter? Litters. No, do they have a litter. Pretty sure they're usually one at a time. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not big enough on that side of the fantasy universe to really know how the <laughs> hobbits procreate. Nobody else got laid in that goddamn movie, except for like Aragorn. Like, he never got with Aragorn. He didn't get with they- either girl that wanted him, basically. <laughs> no, they have kids eventually, uh, Aragorn and Arwen, but yeah, and it's not really, it's not shown in those movies. <sighs> Should have been Liv Tyler. God damn it. Let's do this thing. <laughs> anyway, let's move along here. We are getting a Clerks 3, and it is filming right the fuck now, which is very exciting. Yeah. I guess they've since, I mean, Kevin owns that whole fucking strip mall now, basically. You know, he's got, <laughs> he put his podcast studio down the street from there. So he, I guess he can go shoot Clerks 3 <laughs> at the quick stop and then walk up the street and record podcasts all the time because he put a Smod Castle right up to the Smod Castle. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently put the Smod Castle. That's the other part of the news that the Smod Castle is open right next to like basically where RST video was back in the day. Next to the quick stop is now basically Kevin Smith's podcasting like studio for all. I, I guess it's probably going to get used more for the Jersey guys once Kev goes back out west because I don't think he's yeah. moving back to Jersey anytime yeah. soon. I don't think Jen and Harley want to leave. No, I think M- Ming's is still doing a lot of like podcasting and stuff like that. And those guys yeah. are always doing podcasts, right? Like uh, the guys who run the stash, right? Like the comic book men, basically. Like those yeah. guys have got like Tom, Steve, Dave, and shit. All that shit's still going on. So yeah, uh, yeah, no, like so we're getting Clerks three. Randall's actually fucking in it. He came back. Sounds like everybody's fucking back for this one. We'll see if it like holds up compared to what we got with Jane Silent Bob reboot. Which I mean. Kev actually gave a little bit of detail about the plot, too. He said that uh, Randall has a heart attack, like Kevin did, yep. and realizes that like he hasn't fucking done anything with his life, so he wants to make a movie about Dante and his buddies, just like Kev did when he, you know, back yeah, in the it's, day. Yeah, so. it's essentially the, it's a movie about his characters making clerks, basically. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, so, it, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm interested, I'm obviously going to watch it, because, like, you know, I love Kevin Smith. Like, even when he makes terrible movies that I hate, I still <laughs> love the guy. So, like, you know, whatever. I'm not even like a fan of his movies that much anymore. Like, I'm a fan of him. Like, as, yeah. like it, I'm a, I listen to all his podcasts and shit like that. So, 
I just like Kev more than anything else. I'll go see his movie because he deserves my 12 bucks or whatever the fuck it costs <laughs> me to go see. It. Yeah, so that's that's cool. We're getting Clerks 3. The last thing, there was a bunch of Star Trek news that came out today. Because it's the first day of San Diego Comic-Con online. It is San Diego Comic-Con online today or starting this weekend. So that's we've got a bunch of Star Trek announcements. First, we got one earlier in the week or even maybe last week before we recorded last week's episode. I think we were talking about it. But, but the person who directed WandaVision... Matt Shackman. Matt Shackman has been tapped to direct the next Star Trek movie, which from the rumor mill sounds like it is going to be a Kelvin-verse movie, like a Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto universe movie, which is interesting because it did sound for a long time like that was fucking dead in the water, that universe, like they weren't going to be able to come back to that. So hopefully everybody comes back that they still have. Obviously, we've lost Anton Yelchin in the interim and stuff like that, so we won't have a checkoff. But, I mean, everybody else is still around. can't remember the dude who plays Sulu. I haven't seen him in much lately. But, like, Pine Quinto, obviously, Zoe Saldana is in the Marvel movies. And Simon Pegg's not going anywhere. You know, yeah. like, he's going to work on that. And, yeah. and, I mean, like, goddamn, they should, at this point, it's time to lean in to the bones of it all. You know, like, <laughs> give, give Carl Urban a fucking solo movie. Give Carl Urban every movie. You know what I mean? That man deserves <laughs> He's so good and everything. Actually, specifically his bones, I like he's like channeling fucking DeForest Kelly's like yeah, angry, angry performances. Uh, McCoy, he's so good in those movies. Yeah, like that's who keeps me kept me coming back through three of those movies. Was like he's just so fucking good as McCoy. He makes the other two look like they're pretending. Like <laughs> it's it was harder to watch Quinto as Spock because Urban was so good as McCoy. So. Yeah. Yeah. Until beyond when they started like really ramming at each other. And then I was like, all right, now I'm on board. Now I'm on board. <laughs> that was basically it for like the movie news. But there we do have, we got a first trailer for Prodigy. The Captain Janeway returns. A bunch of kids find a derelict starship series that will be hitting streaming sometime next year. They didn't give a specific date still. We did get a date though and a trailer again for Lower Decks. And that will be starting in August and apparently they are still working on Section 31, but nobody really knows or cares if yeah. it ever happens. So, yeah. But I'm excited for Lower Decks. Like, that's going to be cool. And if they do get this Shackman Star Trek movie off the ground, like, that guy's got a sensibility to him that I think would, like, benefit Star Trek quite nicely. So, or, like, mm-hmm. work not quite nicely in the Star Trek universe. So, yeah. And that Lower Deck Season 2 trailer looked like fun. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a blast. I think they've got that kind of show. That show kind of figured out as to what it is i couldn't actually watch the fucking prodigy trailer like the all the links that are around are like fucking us only and i didn't care enough to fucking like open my vpn (laughs) i checked over uh on r slash star trek and uh they were like the international versions yeah we're on the top of the page so everybody could look at them so i watched the prodigy thing it was kind of cool it's cool hearing uh, i just blanked on her name i want to i just want to call her Catherine janeway kate mulgrew Kate Mulgrew. It was really cool hearing Kate Mulgrew back as Captain Janeway, though, so that's kind of nice. It's always fun. Like, that first time you hear the character come back, you're always like, ooh, and then you get Picard, so I don't know. <laughs> There's, I have one last piece of news, because I'm super fucking excited about it. Dead Space remake is coming for the next-gen console, so PS5 and Xbox Series X. Tim's never seen Dead Space, but it is one of the best fucking horror franchises that video games ever gave us. Uh, the first two were like horror classics for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 and I am fucking horrifyingly excited for this fucking mo- this game cuz like those Dead Space games were fucking ridiculously good. You would love them. Like it's like yeah. Alien a game. It's so good. Somebody I think has actually recommended those to me. 
Yeah, Dead Space you would fucking love. It's got like event horizon y kind of like vibes to it and shit. Like so there's some Hellraiser to it and stuff, and it's all nice. squickly and nasty and you're <laughs> on a big starship like alien or whatever. It's fucking dope. I love sci fi horror, obviously. So there's that. Last thing, if you are a Activision Blizzard fan, you should probably stop being so. They've been sued by California over widespread sexual harassment in the office place. Oh, yeah. uh, looks like and they had the fucking gall to come back and be like, "This is a sl- like they're you're, they're slandering us with this kind of stuff. We are a giant American money making dream factory, and we should be left alone to do how do that however we want." And I was like, "Uh." It's 2021, dudes. That's the yeah, most tone-deaf fucking messaging I've ever heard. Yeah. So. But based on everything I've heard about Activision Blizzard, that sounds like basically par for the course from them. Yeah, it uh, it just means that they won't be getting my money for shitty Call of Duty sequels anymore. So that's <laughs> fine. Clean up your act, kids, because like people will eventually start voting with their wallets. Maybe just me and those games sell hundreds of millions of copies. But, you know, uh, eventually people will start to catch on and... Either that, or you're just going to put the worst fucking talent drain of all time, and your games are going to fucking just suck because you're not going to be able to hire anybody decent anymore who wants to work for you. That's always the problem when you start having that toxic fucking community. Eventually, the real talent doesn't want to go and work for you anymore. And then you're fucked if you don't have real talent making your games because yeah. it requires lots of hours and commitment and like dedication to make a good video game. And it also requires a vast fucking skill and knowledge set that it's, it takes a long time to train. So, whatever. Okay. Either way, last thing before we switch segments, our meet of the episodes finale gave us our last bit of Disney news this week. We are getting (laughs) season two of Loki, which will be the first time we get an official second season for one of these Disney plus shows. Obviously, Cap and Bucky are moving back to the movies and the Avengers where they belong, but. And WandaVision was kind of self-contained. And WandaVision was a self-contained thing. And she's, you know, I mean, she's going to be all over the place. It sounds like she sounds like she has decided to, she's having fun playing ball in the MCU and. Who's going to say no to Elizabeth Olsen is the Scarlet Witch going forward? Because I'm not. Yeah. She's fucking rocking Especially it, so. now she has an actual fucking costume. Also, like they can basically make her Sorcerer Supreme if they want to get rid of Benedict at any point in the near future. Because I think she is in the comics right now. So She's Makes died sense. in the comics, I think. I think she came back as Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, yeah? Already? She's a, Nex- <laughs> she's a Nexus event. She can't die. Yeah, basically. basically. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I haven't actually been uh, like in up the date on the marvel like the no, comics I, just saw, I just saw like a headline that said that uh, uh, i think magneto killed her in the comics or something she's more powerful than magneto these days like he should watch his fucking shit when she comes back she's gonna be pissed yeah. it's marvel she's gonna come back they all come back <laughs> yeah especially him he should he of all people who has killed gene gray a couple times should fucking know better because he's <laughs> died and come back because of that shit a couple times too I think everybody at Marvel's died at least once now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Either way, that was much different at DC. I don't think either. I think all the big characters have died once or twice too, right? And pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Weird. Anyway, it's Geek of the Week time. No, I missed. I have other things. You gave me enough shit to do. That's enough news. We've been doing this for half an hour. I don't want to be editing this fucking crap for 48 hours. You don't want to talk about the newest addition to Indiana Jones Five? No. Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, that's good. I like Antonio Banderas. I think it's, he's a pretty good actor. It's yeah, just it's weird just movie, casting. It's, yeah, it's just such a strange combination of people in this cast so far. You've got so like, wait, though, did they? Oh, no, they were shooting and had to stop shooting because he hurt himself. How are they still casting people in this movie? Like, I thought it was in the, like underway. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe he was already cast and they just announced it now. Oh, okay. I don't know who the fuck all right. I, yeah, I mean, they haven't actually said who he's playing or anything like that. But what was the last thing he was in? 
I haven't seen Antonio Banderas since Puss in Boots. Yeah, I, don't I haven't think. seen him in ages. I can't remember at all. It's the original Armand from the old Interview with a Vampire movie from the nineties. Yeah, and the and Desperado. And Desperado. Yeah. yeah, I love that fucking. Oh man, Selma Hayek. <laughs> and I'm gone. <laughs> the Emmy nominations came out since the last time that we covered nerdy news we and, yeah, they, uh, and unlike the coverage. oscars yeah, yeah it actually fucking like covered a lot of the stuff that we talked about so outstanding drama series included uh, nominees included the boys the mandalorian love lovecraft country and handmaid's tale so either any way that fucking shows that that award is going to a show that i like and watch except for well, handmaid's no, there, tale, which i've not watched there are other ones that oh, are okay. not yeah that's just some of them um, there was also shit like uh, Pose, and uh, which I think it was Pose's last season. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they got it, because yeah. uh, that's kind of how they do things. Uh, I've heard good things about that show too, but like not my speed. So outstanding limited series included WandaVision. WandaVision got like twenty plus fucking twenty plus. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, a lot of them were technical and stuff, but still. Falcon and Winter Soldier got a couple. Like, I think they yeah. all got nominated yeah. for something at some point. Jonathan so. Majors, who we're going to talk about tonight, got a nom for Outstanding Lead dra- uh, lead Actor in a Drama Series for Lovecraft Country. Elizabeth Moth got another Lead Actress in a Drama Series nod for Handmaid's Tale. Journey Smollett got a nod for Lovecraft Country. Yeah, very well deserved for her. She was really good in that. Bunch of supporting ones for The Mandalorian, Lovecraft Country, Handmaid's nice. Tale, same uh, for both supporting actor and actress. It, it's a tricky year for the Emmys this year. There's no better call Saul to just dump everything on, you know, like <laughs> Vince Gilligan didn't put anything out this year. So they don't have something <laughs> like an easy target to just dump shit on. So it's true. Handmaid's Tale and Marvel, I guess, are getting like the, the brunt of the. Uh, a lot of it. Oh, yeah. It's, the other stuff is like things we like. We don't have to give Bob Odenkirk his annual fucking reward for playing Saul for us for another All year right. kind of thing. Paul Bettany so, for WandaVision yeah. for Outstanding Lead Actor and Elizabeth Olsen for WandaVision for Outstanding Lead Actress. I mean, they crushed. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Catherine Hahn for yep. uh, lead, uh, Support. for Supporting Actress. Yeah. Just a lot of stuff in here that is, it's, it's nice to see. It's Outstanding Guest Actor. There's a few for Mandalorian, Don Cheadle, and Falcon Winter Soldier. That was fucking hilarious, actually, because he was like, even he, totally he was like, fucking in that episode. Well, that's what he, even he said that on Twitter. He was like, yeah, I was in that for 20 seconds, but thanks, guys. Like, I think <laughs> a lot of people think there's a there was a joke going around. Even Kevin Smith made the joke, I think, last week on Fat Man Beyond that the people who are voting for the Emmys may have thought that that was Cap and because <laughs> it was a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just voted just for like, him. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, I, I would have said, you know, that the Falcon had a little bit more than a supporting role in that show. Yeah, exa- exactly. I'll, I'll still vote for him. Absolutely. Exactly. Right. <laughs> they, I think they got, I think it sounds to me like some people got, or at least that's the joke that's been going around is like the voters <laughs> from the Emmys got a little confused. And because yeah. Anthony Mackie, they both did good work. Let's be honest. Like Don Cheadle crushes whenever he shows up as, as Rhodey. So, yeah like whatever but like yeah he was there for like 30 seconds and even he was like what the fuck thanks but like what the fuck so <laughs> i mean i love don Cheadle. give him the award it's fine uh, let's see the only other things that i had one was anna torv from uh, oh yeah fringe mindhunter is joining the last of us tv show i mean i liked her in fringe i haven't watched well i watched the first season of mindhunter and like it was just Oof. it was good it just wasn't really my thing I love. She was in. Uh, yeah, she was in Fringe. She's like. She's, she's exactly my kind of tall, icy blonde. I had a huge <laughs> crush on her. She's tall, though. I think she's pretty short. She looks tall. She presents as tall yeah, on yeah, TV. Yeah. So she's, like, she's got a commanding presence. Yeah, that's for sure. She's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And we also heard that Last of Us might be like one of the most expensive TV shows uh, of all time. Like maybe even like around or higher than Game of Thrones. 
Yeah. It's just zombies. That makes no fucking sense to me at all. <laughs> like, I don't know how that like they're spending that much money on that. But yeah, I keep wanting, I keep expecting to hear something like that for like, oh, that the Gotham Central show is gonna be the most expensive thing we've ever made. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Spend money on Batman. You're gonna make your money back. Yeah, Batman. But yeah. like, uh, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> they'll spend all the money on the fucking world on Last of Us. Yeah, I still must be dumping extra money into that because. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. The very last thing, this happened almost two weeks ago now, but there was a really fun little promo video that included Deadpool and Korg. Oh, so, yeah. yeah that was it fun. was Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi did a little promo as their characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, well, or the Fox Deadpool's Cinematic Universe, depending. Like Deadpool's going to end up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, let's be honest. I mean, that's his first appearance, technically, because that's like Thor's house that they were sitting in, I think, yeah. ostensibly, right? Like Korg's place. That's all. I mean, that's... Close enough for me at this point. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan Reynolds has actually been doing a few of these. He's been doing like these trailer react videos as Deadpool. And he did yeah. one along with Korg for uh, Free Guy, which is coming out next, next month, I think, yeah, like August or something like that. Um, because, I mean, it's a ty- no, Taika Waititi plays the villain yeah. and Ryan Reynolds plays the uh, protagonist in it. So they got together to do that and it's a lot of fucking fun it's only like three minutes or something like that oh yeah i was fucking dying korg is like it's really fucking great and meta and oh my god korg's all over the place with the non sequiturs too and i was like what is he even talking about i was like just (laughs) died i love taika when he's like really random it's so great so great definitely go find that if you have not oh yeah yeah, we should have posted that to the, to the uh, Facebook group. I think I shared it to Twitter, but I don't think it's fair. Yeah, I think I retweeted it at that point because it was yeah. fucking hilarious. I was dying. All right, let's. Uh, are you done? Can we? I am. I'm done now. I'm done. All right, let's move on to Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. And this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. I think I have an idea what we're talking about this week, though. So, Tim, why don't you start us up? <laughs> In my case, I finally got to indulge my cocktail nerd side again with drinks that i did not make myself because alicia and i now that we're fully vaccinated we went to our first cocktail bar in toronto we went to the shameful tiki which is a place i've had my eyes on for a while it's a nice place uh, yeah you've been there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's good atmosphere yeah, for a while yeah i know it's been around for a few years but it just yeah. i'd never had gone to it like when we'd been in toronto before but lots of like great classic tiki drinks that were like all well executed they also have like you know, a few like of the big share bowl kind of drinks. And they even had like sound and light and smoke effects when you would buy one of the big share drinks, um, which is kind of like Trader Sam's at the Disneyland and Disney World resorts, if you've ever been there. But yeah, like, so they'll, we got like a volcano bowl and they had like volcano sound effects and like red lights and smoke and shit coming up from behind the bar. So I, I like that kind of kitschy shit. It's just fun. So, but yeah, I mean, it felt weird to actually be having like a real night out for the first time since fucking mid-march last year but it was also you know a big fucking relief so being vaccinated is great if you are not already you should do it yeah i firmly concur that being vaccinated (laughs) is quite nice so um they're coming for tim so (laughs) popo are coming to get me that's on our side on tuesday night yeah <laughs> yeah so for me we kind of talked about it last week when we did the, the episode but i did get my 3090 and i have finished building my rig out again so it has been a bit of a process it turned into a fucking fiasco yeah that'll be my geek of the week now in a couple weeks probably in a couple weeks yeah <laughs> uh you yeah, know that's why i thought tim was going to talk about it today he, we were <laughs> we were talking hardware today while tim shopped mm-hmm. 
or last night and today, I guess a little bit, but yeah, no, I got mine finished this well, mostly finished this week. I got a couple of odds and ends that I want to do still, but for the most part, aside from including some, like I need to get a Molex connector on uh, my USB extension card or like expansion card mm. and a, uh, my front USB C case, I need an adapter to hook it up to a USB three port on the thing. And that just came in today with another adapter. So I have like my actual geek of the week is this weird problem. I've got my new job sent me a monitor to work with my Mac that I refuse to use because I can't hook it up to windows. It's a <laughs> Thunderbolt only monitor. Aww. And I'm, I've been desperately trying to find a solution for it short of completely ripping out my motherboard and buying a whole new motherboard because that's <laughs> that has the thunderbolt code on it yeah you need to get a thunderbolt header on your motherboard and it, i it wasn't standard on the ninth gen things there's probably like the one you just bought is probably gonna have a thunderbolt header on it i think it did yeah yeah they usually do now so yeah this monitor just won't work and it's been like my just like obsession for a week is like can i get it even close to talking to windows and so that's been my geek of the week has just been like on amazon buying every little odd and end adapter. I bought a weird Wacom, like the tablet company adapter for screens. Cause it might fake a Thunderbolt out for, to this screen. I basically just trying to get it to work. It's become like a project. Yeah, like just a trying to project. fudge it however you can kind of thing. Yeah. Just yeah. to see if I, cause it's a beautiful 5k like LG ultra fine screen yeah. that I'm like, this is a huge waste of it only being, cause I'm only work 20 hours for these people and I'm only on the <laughs> Mac when I work for them. And so I'm not racking this up on my desk. Yeah when I can't use if it you for, can't use it for yeah. my windows rig. Right. So right. it's like pointless. So that's why I've been like, I ended up buying two 4k monitors anyway. So it's completely pointless <laughs> now. Like it's academic at this point, but it, yeah, it's now it's become like an academic, like I just, why, why would you do this LG and Apple? Like what the fuck is the point of doing this? And it's this bizarre implementation where, because it's 5k display port 1.4 only outputs, you can only get one display, like display port channel through, one display port cable basically mm. but what they've done on these thunderbolt cables is duplex two thunderbolt signals through it to get a full 5k signal mm. so it's proprietary cabling and technology of course and it connectors. is it's fucking apple because it's apple right yeah. and i was just like you fuckers like why does this have to be this complicated that i have to buy a thunderbolt card that has a pass-through that can activate this fucking thing for windows <laughs> and it just plugs into the fucking macbook and works like can't you just make a normal fucking thing that hooks up via USB-C like everybody else actually no i know lg can because both of these screens beautiful lg 4k monitors that hook up via DisplayPort and USB-C, <laughs> they work perfectly but they're designed to work with everything because they're regular fucking pc monitors so. yeah yeah. I don't know. Not special fucking LG monitors that probably cost like 50% more than, than the, the comparable monitor that, you know, it just runs off fucking normal Windows machines. Display port. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, sh- I shit you not. And I buy nicer monitors than the average person, right? Because I've got, I need color accuracy and stuff for yeah. what I do. So I spent about like 800 bucks on each of these screens kind of thing. That fucking screen's $1,600 and it's fucking yeah. useless to Double, me. So yeah. I'm just like, why is it expensive just because it's fucking Apple? Yeah. yeah and it's a paperweight to me. Now it's going to go in storage because I have no use for it on a day to day basis. <laughs> and I don't have the room to like set up a second desk to do 20 hours worth of work for these people. I'm just like, there's no point. Yeah. I can hook up USB C to these two screens and just switch inputs when I want to use the big screens for their work. Yeah. And like, that's it. Like, <laughs> So I don't know after like a hundred extra dollars of like buying every USB C to HDMI USB C to display port, making sure they're all bi-directional getting in a fight at Canada computers with a dude because he wouldn't stop harassing a girl who was trying to help me find cables. Like, this I hate this just fucking work screen. It's not worth it <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that was uh, my geek of the week and we can move on now. 
Just computer shit. Always computer <laughs> shit with me these days. All right. That means it's time for meat of the episode. Alligator trickster god meat. Man, the alligator Loki was alligator like the most popular character. Croaky? I've Yeah, Croaky was just like blew up all over the internet. Sure did. Rightfully fucking so. Absolutely, man. Actually, all the extra Lokis were fucking sick. So like I was I had a good time with that shit. Oops, shit's falling. Anyway, we saw Loki. What else did you think we were gonna be talking about this week? We're actually a couple weeks late with this because of anniversaries and really not wanting to do this episode exactly the week after we watched Black Widow. Yeah. I'm gonna space it a little bit. Yeah, it's always nice to kind of space the Marvel stuff out. I mean, I could just sit there and watch Marvel shit all day, but, you know, what are you going to do? So, yeah, we have seen all six episodes, and we're here to talk about it. So, why don't we do a little high-level first? Like, did you enjoy it overall, or were we, like, kind of lukewarm on it? Or You've been a little mixed on these shows more so than I have been, obviously. So Yeah, far. I think this one I, I think this one probably was my favorite uh, out of the three. I mean, it's right up there with WandaVision for yeah. me, for sure. Like, yeah. the thing is, I this one's right up my alley because it is, you know, very much a big, like, fucking high continuity, like, world building sort of story, cosmic kind of fucking story. And I like those sorts of things that, you know, are, are alternate universe kind of bullshit, you know, continuity fuckery, meta kind of bullshit, that sort of thing. So I was in it for all that sort of stuff. And then the fucking production design was like all like written directly for Tim as well. So like between all of that and like the fun character study shit and that kind of thing as well. Yeah. I was, I was here for like 95% of this fucking show. Yeah. I can't, I think the only thing I have, I have a little hang up about the introduction of Kang basically at the end. Like I have, cause it it feels a little like it's just there all of a sudden. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's been no, I like that with time travel fuckery, right? Like they just drop that shit on you right out of nowhere. And what kind of makes me just kind of like shut up about it is that it going back to it later because yeah, this time like, travel stuff will make it so much more entertaining. Yeah, it'll, yeah, we'll it'll, probably it'll, get a, a you know backstory like the the actual backstory. There's so much context to it when you go back to it in like yeah. three years or whatever. Like that's the fun part about going back to the Marvel movies now is like you go back to like Iron Man. You're like, oh my god, like there are babies and like look look where we're how far we've come now you know what i mean like all this stuff so we'll end up seeing like he who remains at earlier points in his journey and see like why he is the way that he is once we see him and always or whatever that episode was for all time always yeah but yeah overall like i was having a blast obviously we've talked about it a little bit here and there where like the production design was almost to a fault lifted from control like there was even some shots that i was noticing that i was like these are you guys are bordering on plagiarizing some of the camera moves that I saw when I was playing Control, but I'm the only person who would notice that because I played that game six fucking times through now, so uh, I have problems. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so uh, because Paul ditched us, and Paul was want, really wanted to do the synopsis of this, but <laughs> he just had vacation brain and forgot that he said he would do this episode with us. And <laughs> just thanks, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Paul. <laughs> Tim, why don't you walk us through the plot, or, you know, loosely anyway, of yeah. six episodes of Loki? So uh, we start out in the scene that we see at the end of Avengers, well, mid- middle of middle Avengers, Avengers Endgame, yeah. where Loki is, well, we're back during the Battle of Original New York, Battle of yeah, New the York, first yeah. Avengers movie, and Loki ends up getting the Tesseract, which he wasn't supposed to get, and that wasn't supposed to happen. And so he ends up escaping all of his, this variant of Loki ends up escaping all of his later fate. 
uses the Tesseract to teleport to a desert in Mongolia or something. Yeah, he's like in the Sudan or some shit all of a sudden. <laughs> and ends up in front of these people and immediately starts to like try to influence them and like conquer them and declares that he is burdened with a glorious purpose in front of them. And this starts a branched timeline. And then the Time Variance Authority, which is this sort of otherworldly or outside of time kind of uh, organization shows up and says, no, you cannot do that. Fuck no. And the TVA is fucking deep cuts Marvel shit. Like this is from the books. Like it is deep, deep. Like I had to look it up cuts kind of thing. Like, uh, so they arrest Well, they, they first punch him in the face in very slow motion, which is pretty fucking entertaining. There is a, uh, an amazing like joke that has run through the entire MCU of these Asgardians coming to earth and just getting fucking stomped like goofs. Because uh, it happens in the Thor, like the Thor, constantly, and then like they now whenever they need to make Loki look like an idiot, they always do the butt monkey stuff with him, like like getting it, having him get the shit beaten out of him by Hulk and shit, like yeah, smashed absolutely. around and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> it was so fucking good at it though. So like, yeah. So Loki gets arrested by the TVA and taken back to their headquarters, and there they like fucking just put him through his paces. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, but he is, you know, put yeah, through his powers this, are like, useless and like he gets put through this like Kafka esque sort of process of like bureaucratic red tape and shit. And like yeah. the bureaucracy of eternity basically is what they kind yeah. of put him through. So it's basically they're processing him into their little like penal system kind of thing phrasing. And that he finds out that there's this shady group of immortal beings called the Timekeepers that have created the TVA to keep the time stream in check. And anytime there's something that will create a branch time screen or time stream, they send their agents to stop it. And sometimes they have to like delete the person entirely from the prune them, prune them from prune the timeline them. yeah prune yeah. them from the timeline to get them so that they can maintain this sacred timeline which is sort of the main marvel timeline that we've been following for 10 years now yeah more than 10 years now so loki faces trial for his crimes against the time stream because he wasn't supposed to get the tesseract back the tesseract yeah. and i guess the only reason that I mean, I don't know why the fucking Avengers weren't standing trial for shit, because, like, they definitely fucked with the timeline. I know that they went back and put the fucking Infinity Stones back where they got them, all of them except the Tesseract. But- they hand wave it by saying something about, like, if it was supposed to happen, then the TVA lets it happen. And yeah, I guess that's essentially the Avengers very incident in Endgame was, like, supposed to happen. Yeah. So it's been allowed to, con- like, allowed to be part I of I mean, it. ultimately, we see the dude that created the TVA, and we understand, like, why some of this shit just doesn't fucking register, right? Well, I mean, like he's he, he's essentially like one of the Avengers' biggest villains, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And also comics, clearly so. fucking bonkers. Yeah, completely. And so, I mean, like being one of the Avengers' biggest villains generally means that you're completely clinically insane. Also, so like, yeah, yeah, kind of goes without saying usually. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there in six episodes, yeah. and then it'll be very sudden when we do. That's kind of my take on it is so he's standing trial in front of this judge ravona renslayer and he starts like talking about you know it's not his fault he basically tries to do his loki thing like he tries to get out of it talk himself out of it when he figures out he can't talk himself out of it he tries to magic himself out of it but he can't do magic in the tva then they 
yeah, she sentences him and he's supposed to be like reset. Basically this variant of Loki is supposed to be deleted, but then we get to TVA agent Mobius M Mobius played by Owen Wilson, uh, who intervenes and says like, I want to use this guy. Like, I think he could be helpful for me in chasing this other variant that's causing us trouble. Who's been like killing and disarming a bunch of their troops, the TVA's troops. So then we have this like real introspective character fucking study moment between Mobius and Loki where like Mobius is replaying a bunch of moments from Loki's past. Yeah. Past and the timeline that this Loki doesn't actually go through because he like stepped out of the timeline and Loki starts having this fucking like identity crisis kind of thing. Like, Oh my God, what the fuck am I? Who am I? What are my actual motivations? All this shit. And he also learns that future, alternate future Loki will cause the death of his mother, Frigga, uh, as well. And that also does a fucking number on him. So he tries to escape, then discovers... He ends up in like a mailroom sort of situation. Kidnaps the mailman or the, the mail cart guy. And we get one of the fucking best little scenes that just completely raises the stakes of phase four, lowers the stakes of the entire infinity saga, because they just have like a fucking drawer of infinity stones that they use as like paperweights and shit, because they don't have any power outside of the universe. Outside the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So like, he's looking for the Tesseract because he thinks like, that's the best fucking power that there is out there anywhere kind of thing. Or one of them, you know, he thinks he knows. Well, up to to this point in the MCU, the, the infinity gauntlet and those stones have been the most powerful object that anybody has dealt with so far. Right. Like, yeah. It's just now that we are starting to lean into the, the really weird esoteric powers of the Marvel Universe. Like, we're yeah. start getting into Kang and, you know, I'm sure Galactus is on the front. Like, there's, like, big cosmic powers are coming now, basically. Yeah. Like, I'm sure at some point the space-based characters are going to do an Annihilation Wave, like an Annihilus story, mm-hmm. which will be disgusting and sick and awesome <laughs> all at once. So, we'll get there. Hopefully, I'll still be alive when it fucking happens. <laughs> but, like, we'll get there eventually. So Loki goes back to this like little theater that Mobius had set him up in and continues to look through his timeline. He sees his father die. He sees himself die at the hands of Thanos and ultimately is like, I can't go back to this timeline if these are the things that are going to happen. So he agrees to help Mobius hunt this variant who they find out is is here that we find out it's a variant of Loki. It's pretty soon, like it's in that episode where we kind of yeah, find out that, like, early. it's that, that that variant in specific is a variant of Loki, and we find out yeah. later that most of the variants who cause trouble are Loki's, right? Like in what, like episode five or something like that. Like most of the variants are actually you, and you're a giant pain in the ass. Yeah, like, <laughs> you are just the, yeah, you yeah. are just the fucking like multiverses, the, the time streams worst fucking enemy. Yeah, you basically. Bet. And we meet a bunch of them too <laughs> as a result <laughs> of it. So there you go. I want to make sense to me, like the Loki character is kind of like Mar- the the it's he's the original Marvel villain. He's the first villain the Avengers fought in the movies and in the comics. Like he's been there since the start for everything. We even see his classic costume, and he's even and he's always a pain in the ass. And it doesn't matter, girl Loki, boy Loki, old Loki, young Loki, crocodile alligator, alligator, alligator Loki, yeah. <laughs> black, white, brown, Asian. Pain in the ass. Loki. Bicycle, bicycle handle for horns, Loki. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter, man. He's a pain <laughs> in the goddamn ass. Like, he's always a pain in the ass. So, yeah. So then then we go and see the like the evil variant of Loki, who at this point, well, we'll, we'll 
get to calling her by her actual name soon enough at a Renaissance fair in Wisconsin, which is actually the Renaissance, Renaissance fair, fair in, in Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Just outside of Georgia that I've talked about going to and, and been, had been to a, a bunch of times before we left. And that made me a little homesick, a little, uh, Ren fair sick, I guess. And here that evil variant kidnaps one of the TVA agents then Loki and the TVA and Mobius all go and they're trying to track this evil variant. Oh, and the, the TVA resets the timeline there. So we get like this first view of what happens when the timeline gets reset, where they set off one of these little reset charges that like basically deletes anything that's not supposed to be there kind of thing and resets everything back to the way it's supposed to be in the quote unquote sacred timeline. We go back to TVA headquarters, Renslayer and not super happy about Loki helping and shit. Loki starts looking through TVA files and comes across the files for Ragnarok and sees a, uh, another, you know, painful thing that will happen in his timeline's future that his Asgard will be destroyed, which happens in Thor Ragnarok and he gets a little teary but then he realizes that what this variant is doing to hide from the TVA agent so that they like can't see where she's causing, you know, branches in the timeline is she is hiding just before what are called next. Er, no, she's hiding before basically apocalypses. Yeah. She's hiding in, she's hiding in, in, in like, yeah, she's hiding in apocalypse like timelines or something. Yeah. Like so, yeah. so basically like anywhere that there's something about to happen that will completely obliterate any trace that she was ever there. Yeah. Um, so she can impact things however she fucking wants because, you know, that whole area or in some cases planet is just going to be fucking decimated anyways. Yeah. And Loki explains this to Mobius by destroying his lunch, by pouring yeah. a bunch of shit into his lunch that is not into a salad that is not supposed to be there. And then he demonstrates this by uh, taking Mobius to Pompeii. And then he goes around and starts like causing havoc in Pompeii right before the volcano goes off and Mobius Those is TV like, agents. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Mobius is looking at his little temp pad and seeing like, oh my God, you're right. You're not causing any branches in the time screen. This could absolutely be how that variant is avoiding us. Then they go back and they figure out, oh, because the, the evil variant left some gum with a kid at an older, at, at one of the last places that she had visited. And they use that to track where she's kind of, the main place that she's hiding to this climate disaster thing that happens in Alabama in like 2050 or something like that. Yeah. 2050. To be fair, I think they were being pretty like conservative with 2050. I think that's like five years away. I did like when they were going through all of them and they were like going like, Oh, in 2030, there's like this climate disaster that happens in 2032. There's this other one. And then 2040, there's these three and shit like that. I was like, yeah pretty much yeah i had the same thought when i saw that scene i was like "Ooh, that's it's a little on the nose boys this is my fiction you guys come on yeah like i'm like the avengers aren't coming to our timeline to fix this shit you know what i mean like we do not have a tony stark to fix that kind of crap i guess they don't anymore they don't either yeah but they have a hank pym and they're gonna have a reed richards soon so like they've got people that could take care of them we don't obviously (laughs) anyway so they figure out that the variant, the evil variant Loki is hiding at this rocks mart, which is like, I'm guessing rocks Ma- or rocks cart, which I'm guessing is like rocks, rocks on. on. Yeah. The, which yeah. is a fictional company in the Marvel universe that actually popped up in cloak and dagger. Yeah. Usually associated on the Spider-Man th- side of things like the rocks on 
research is usually responsible for like spider slayers and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, in, in Cloak and Dagger, uh, the the Dagger character's father was uh, a Roxxon like exec- Rox executive. Yeah, Roxxon is kind of like their default. Like they do energy, they do evil, they do you know a little bit of everything. So yeah. yeah. And they they find this evil variant there and find that she's able to possess the bodies of other people. So she has a different power set than the Loki that we know kind of thing. And Loki ultimately engages the variant. They fight. And then we figure out that this variant is uh, actually... This is where we find out she's a female. Female Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Lady, Lady Loki. And... Loki's trying to recruit her and be like, hey, come with me and we'll just fucking overthrow the timekeepers and we can control the TVA ourselves. And then we find out that her plan is actually to fucking just destroy the timekeepers entirely and the TVA. Uh, so she drops a. Uh, she had like this failsafe set up where basically she drops a bunch of fucking reset charges into different places in the timeline and throws the TVA into fucking chaos, basically. And that's how we end that episode. And Loki or she teleports away and then our lo- variant Loki follows her. Uh, th- from there, they go to this is where uh, the variant they go back to the headquarters. Right? I like think it's start of episode three. Right, yeah, so they go back to the headquarters. Oh, first we see Lady Loki extracting information out of the head of one of the, that TVA agent that she had. Yeah, B-15. Uh, yeah, no, that one's C, C-20. Oh, yeah, C-20, yeah, yeah, sorry. B-15's the one who's, like, everywhere, and she's actually, she's, like, always so, in the background acting. She's yeah. really good, actually. Yeah, so. she's a lot of fun. Yeah. About how she, sort of how the internal process works to her, enchanting and uh, people and getting information in their heads, sort of like a, it's almost like WandaVision S like she's making a little fake reality in their head. And it's a Loki power, like enchanting people. I mean, the, like he has worked with the enchantress before in the six one six and she kind of teaches him whatever magic he didn't learn from Frigga as a child. He learns from the enchantress later yeah. and they haven't done the enchantress yet, which is kind of weird, but I'm sure hell, yeah, you know what? Maybe Thor four basically is like right around the corner. I shouldn't say they haven't done her yet. Cause She'll probably show up in fucking Mother Thunder <laughs> at this point. So yeah. so yeah, Loki and the the Lady Loki end up uh, who at this point we know her as Sylvie. Yeah, uh, they show up at the TVA, but they get attacked by Judge Renslayer, and then they have to run. And so Loki uses one of the little tempad devices that the TVA agents use to go through the timeline and takes them both to Lamentus One, which is. Uh, in 2077, which is a planet, no, it's a moon that's about to be crushed by a planet. Yeah. Not vice versa. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like apparently one of the, like one of, if not the biggest disaster in all of the timeline kind of thing. But the Tempad's out of juice now, so they can't get away. And so now they got to figure out a way to fucking get off Lamentus. They try and find a way to do it. They try and get on a train that's going to an arc that historically in the timeline does not get off the planet, but they think maybe we can fix it. You know, somehow we can, we can get it off the planet. And then on the train ride, they have this whole like little back and forth fucking will they, won't they fuck me eyes interchange where we get like the smallest acknowledgement that Loki's by is bisexual. Yeah. Well, I mean, baby steps, you know, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I mean in this comics, He's yeah, he's totally is. Yeah, but like, 
<laughs> we're making a Disney show. You know what I mean? Like your company's ruining we'll, my company is what I'm we'll, trying to tell you. We'll then. talk about that later. I'm going to talk. I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you your company has fucking ruined my company. You know what I mean? So there you go. <laughs> it used to be progressive and stuff. And now it's like, we got to fight for every little fucking thing mm-hmm. again. We didn't have to when Stan ran the show, you know, <laughs> now the fucking mouse is running the show and everything's weird. Oh, also during this train trip, Sylvie reveals that the TVA agents are not just like beings that the timekeepers have created to whose sole purpose is to maintain the sacred timeline, but they are actually all variants themselves that have, they've have been brainwashed to think that they're creations and servants of the timekeepers, which I'm now like looking see when I look back on this, they've been hinting at Kang the whole fucking time. I should have seen it, but like, I still feel like it was so sudden. Cause like, this is something he does constantly is like, use his time powers to make manipulate people's memories and stuff mm-hmm. and like use them to his own ends and shit. So it totally makes sense, but it's like, still just blow Kang at me at the fucking last 15 <laughs> minutes of the show. You know, it's really weird. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So Loki and Sylvie try and get onto the arc, but ultimately the inevitable happens. The arc gets destroyed and they're just like, ah, fuck sitting there about to die. And uh, then we, Oh, they, here um, we're at the start of another episode. So they do another flashback. They show us uh, Sylvie getting attempted to be pruned from the timeline, basically. Like they go and uh, grab her wh- from the variant timeline that she popped up in. They never really tell us why, like, she just, why she's a, like, what caused that branch in the timeline or anything like that. The one right here? Yeah. The, according to, like, the people who were made the show, it's supposed to be because they form a, like a bond, they meet and form a romantic bond that changes the timeline and that's how they find them or something like that. Like that causes, no, the branch yeah, there. well, it causes a nexus event. Right. And that, yeah, and that, sorry. and that pops. Yeah. That pops up. But no, I'm saying here, like they never show us why Sylvie exists, why Sylvie's branched timeline exists or whatever. Oh yeah. 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 yeah they don't, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. There was dialogue about her like past, but like they don't really specify. Cause like, it's not until she's like 10 or something like that. It's, they have the, the girl that's playing Judith from the walking dead uh, is the girl that's playing. Oh, that's right. They do have a scene where the TVA comes after her, like in Asgard too, right? Like she's dressed up and and there she's already, she's already like 10 years old or something like that. So I guess it's just the, that timeline hadn't, or that branch timeline hadn't diverged enough that the TVA caught wind or something like that. I guess. I know it's not uncommon for Loki to reappear in the timeline as a woman. It's like the, these things have happened in like six one six on a number of times. So yeah, I was like, yeah, okay, this is just another version of him. This shit happens constantly. Like we're probably we're probably going to see the frog version of him at some point, and then we saw the frog version of Thor <laughs> yeah. instead, which was fucking awesome too. So yeah. like, uh, but then so rather than Sylvie, young Sylvie getting pruned, she steals a tempad and basically from then on spends her like entire fucking teenage and adult life on the run from the TVA and plotting against them. And which is weird. Cause they never specify how did they specify how long she's on the run. Cause like Loki is very long lived, right? Like by the time we meet Loki, he's like 1500 years old or I something. I think she like says that. like, it's been eons or something. Okay, like that, that, that makes sense. I mean, eons for her, right? Kind of thing yeah. is it's all relative. Cause it's time travel bullshit. Yeah. Well, it's just like the fact that like God only knows how old they're supposed to be. Like Loki's thousands of years old, especially old Loki that we will come across later. Like how the fuck old does that one have to be? There is versions of like Odin. that are like tens of thousands of years old and stuff like that. Like once you get into the comics and stuff. So like, I don't know. It's hard to say. So then we flash back forward to the present, but not to Lamentus. We go back to the TVA and we see Mobius. Oh, he's, he's starting to sort of put things together that there's something off here uh, because fucking TV is a big shady 
yeah, organization. Shit, shit. Yeah, of course, of course, there's shit going on. Is this the where he, where he puts Loki in the time loop with Sif? Because we at least got to talk about like not quite. Uh, it, well, first, this is where uh, he starts putting things together because C twenty. Oh yeah, yeah other... says that she's dead, but actually she's just she's kind of woken up to what's going on, and so they've Sylvie can re- reactivate. She finds out around this point where she she can like reactivate, reactivate their the real memories, memories, kind of things. Yeah. yeah. So because I think she does B fifteen at one point around here too. Yeah. So, but yeah, then. Mobius saves Sylvie and Loki from Lamentis and brings them back to the TVA, but he immediately takes them both into custody and puts Loki into, yeah, this fun little fucking time loop where we get Jamie Alexander back as Sif, just like fucking kneeing Tom Hiddleston in the balls over and over again. I can't imagine how much fun that must have been to fucking shoot. She looks, she looks so good, too. Like I love, I love Jamie Alexander. She's fucking the best. I'm, yeah, just, I'm so happy they brought Sif back, man. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's like a bad uh, memory time loop, basically, yeah. where Loki you know, has to get his ass beat by Lady Sif like every 60 seconds for eternity. Yeah, I was on board. I was, you know, honestly, if Jamie Alexander did that to me, I'd probably be on board, too. But So, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Either way. Oh, she's actually come. She they've announced that she's coming back for uh, Thor four too. Like so this isn't just a one off thing. She's back. Like she's gonna do yeah yeah. She's back Thor, in so. Love and Thunder. Yeah. Oh, I should say the reason that Mobius is able to see them is because they have like a very romantic connection to each other. Yes. Like as Lamentus is about to be destroyed, and as they they think they're about to die, they have this like you know almost kiss sort of moment that apparently is so powerful that it causes a nexus event that allows mobius to see where they are and that's how he finds where they are it, it so makes sense that loki is such a fucking narcissist that he can only fall in love with himself. oh yeah absolutely 100 you know I mean? like, like people were bitching about it and i'm like there's nobody else he could fall in love with yeah but himself honestly exactly. like this is the way it has to work so yeah I no, I'm perfectly okay with that. Like, yeah. yes, yes, it's fucking weird, fucking masturbatory shit, but it also makes total fucking sense given everything that we know about Loki and how fucking self-absorbed he is. That yeah. the only person he could possibly ever love is a variant of himself. I don't like, like to be fair, Sophie's super cute. So, like, a super cute yeah. variant of himself. So there is that. Yeah. Um, either way, I mean, I guess I mean Tom Hiddleston's a fucking good-looking dude, right? Obviously, yeah. he's a good-looking man. So there you go. Either way. So then Mobius. I mean, we have more back and forth with Mobius and Loki sort of interrogating and Mobius. Oh, he steals Renslayer's Tempad. uh, And that's where he finds this recording of C20 and again, starts putting shit back together. This is where we start getting prunes, right? Like like they prune Mobius because of that. And then like Loki. Yeah, at the end of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, So um, Mobius. Oh, this is where we go and find out that the fucking TVA, like the 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 time they're androids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The the, the, the whole fucking Wizard of Oz situation. So, yeah, Mobius frees Loki and then they all end up. Well, they end up in in front of the timekeepers and having like an audience with them, uh, Loki and Sylvie together. And then they get free and they there's a big fucking fight. And then they end up. Yeah. Killing. Well, Mobius gets pruned. And then they end up figuring out that the timekeepers are actually androids or whatever. They cut off one of their heads. But the head just falls off, kind of, doesn't it? I guess, yeah, she just kind of swipes Yeah, she, she, like she throws a, one of the swords or something at them mm-hmm. and uh, cuts off one of their heads. And But shortly after that, Renslayer, Renslayer yeah. prunes Sylvie and... No, no prunes Loki. Prunes Loki. Yeah. yeah. Our Loki. Sorry. They're both Loki. I don't know. Yeah, you, exactly. you have to differentiate and say the one is Sylvie, but they're both <laughs> fucking Loki. So like, yeah, our Loki gets pruned. Or the, oh, and, the, this, and this is all happening with the help of that B-15 variant that has yeah. uh, had her been, memories restored yeah. by Sylvie. Yep. 
the the B fifteen guard from the uh, the TVA, and uh, yeah, so Renslayer prunes Loki, and then and then Sylvie, Sylvie prunes herself. Yeah, she overpowers them, and yeah, prunes prunes herself. Yeah, that makes sense. Or is it vice versa? Is it no? She prunes she prunes herself. Loki, because I was surprised. I was like, oh shit, did they just kill Loki? Because they prune him there. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. like at the end, she figures it out and prunes herself, and that's what kind of tells you before the episode ends that everything's fine and then we get the post-credit scene yeah, where we get, Loki we get Loki wakes up waking up with to the to four, four variant yeah, yeah to four other, other variants. variants of himself looking down at him and then we're into episode five so here we this episode is fucking nuts it's title journey in the mystery which is the original thor comic which is awesome it's a nice little shout out to the origins of the book or the character i should say Oh no, no, sorry. It is yeah. So yeah, here's where where Sylvie prunes herself yeah. uh, after she has a little back and forth with Renslayer. Yep. Uh, and Renslayer saying like she doesn't know who made the TVA and anything. Oh, and that she reveals to Sylvie that Loki's not necessarily gone. He's in this void kind of thing. And so that's she prunes herself so that she can go after him, basically. Because they realize they've they've had all these little moments and stuff back and forth and realize that they have a thing for each other. Or for themselves or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's complicated either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Loki ends up in in the void with these other variants. There's an old Loki, there's a black Loki, there's a kid Loki. Played and... by Robert E. Grant. Let's not run yeah. over old Loki. He's fucking <laughs> fantastic in this spot. So oh, yeah, he was absolutely. he was crushing it. Yeah. Uh, and having a blast too from the looks of fucking the scenes Rich, he was Richard in. Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. Sorry, yes, yeah. not Robert Grant. Yeah, Richard yep. E. Grant. Yeah, all of them were were pretty good, but Richard E. Grant was was particularly uh, solid as old Loki. Yeah, there's a uh, scene or in classic this, it, Loki. I think is how how they've yes. been actually referring to him because he's wearing like the classic old school comic Loki sixties. Yeah, sixties classic with Loki. no padding whatsoever. Like they really no. just fucking go all the way into it. It's great. Well, I usually try to draw Loki as like a scrawny, like Weasley motherfucker back mm. then too. Like they never didn't make him buff until like much later. Wasn't it? But, but like the, the Hiddleston Loki, like there was definitely a little bit of padding in that costume. Oh, I mean, that's got, well, that's a, that's a modern MCU like pleather outfit. Yeah. That, yeah it's got a bunch <laughs> of like structure to it to make him look like, not that he's not fucking cut. Cause you see him shirtless in a couple episodes. Yeah. Just to show. make him look a little bulkier. Kind but of. he looks a little bit bigger. Yeah. yeah. So you got to give him the shoulders, right? You got to have the shoulders and the, the waist to be a superhero. Yeah. It's like, it's almost visual identity at that point. So you got to have that insane, like V on men and women, right? Like they both have to have that tiny waist yeah. and for the big shoulders yeah. so. with the cum gutters and everything. Oh, I gotta have the cum gutters. The, absolutely. The ejaculates trousers. That's fucking the cum gutters thing from when they, they said that on Rick and Morty. I almost fucking <laughs> lost my mind because it was one of those things that I was like, "That's just something I call them, right?" Like that's not something everybody says. <laughs> then it's like when I realized that that was like the the common parlance for that, I was like, "Oh god, I love this world." Sometimes <laughs> I love the world we live in. <laughs> I mean, we live in a world where Urban Dictionary exists, right? So. I guess there is that. Yeah, that's true. But fuck, that's so funny. Either way. <laughs> So the other Loki variants sort of educate our variant Loki on what this place is. It is basically a place where everything that is pruned ends up and you to the point where you can see shit like just randomly falling from the sky that's just recently been pruned. It's interestingly similar to the what I can't remember the name of the planet that they end up with the Grandmaster's planet in Ragnarok that ends up being like the garbage oh, yeah, dump yeah, of the yeah. galaxy kind of yeah. thing. Shit just falling from the sky this is out the of garbage, wormholes and stuff. Garbage dump of the multiverse or the, yeah, the, basically the this is the time. This is this is the timelines dumping ground. That's the galactic <laughs> uh, dumping ground, I guess. Yeah, so. for sure. Just like it's just like a, a multiverse of dumping grounds, basically okay. the the Marvel universe. So there you go. But the things don't survive everywhere here. There is this huge 
like fucking lost smoke dragon creature. <laughs> well, I mean, Alioth is an ancient fucking character. Like he's been around. This was where I was like, okay, we are hundred percent going Kang. Like this is a <laughs> Kang. Cause he's basically Kang's Lieutenant Kang and has been man. forever. Yeah. He's a, he's one of those characters that has been associated or whatever. This thing is a force that has been associated with Kang forever. So yeah. I was like, well, now I knew we were, as soon as I saw Alioth, I was like, oh, well we are, going down that road i guess in this show yeah right so, now so, so Eliath's Eliath's role is basically to hunt and destroy permanently everything that ends up in the void and these variant loki's have been you know just running from him constantly to try to yeah. survive just so entertaining having all the loki's interact with each other too like they're down in the bunker and like mayor Lo- loki shows up and like they're all just fucking riffing on each other and shit that might be later in the episode but yeah yeah, so good. This is around also where we do that panning shot that goes through the ground, and we see Mjolnir yes. buried next to a tiny frog Thor. Yeah, which just and that oh. was and that was right after Thanos copter. They yeah. actually dropped a legit Thanos copter. Thanos oh my! I couldn't believe the Thanos copter Jeez. was one thing, but <laughs> but Throg like fucking Throg on TV. I was blown the fuck. And which Chris fucking Hemsworth got Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth can't even voice that fucking frog. I was just like this. I love this shit. I'm so happy that I get to live through this shit because, oh my God, I saw Throg on TV, guys. It was crazy. I never thought I'd see that shit. <laughs> but I guess we got Spider-Ham like a couple years ago, right? Like we're at that point where they Seriously. actually did Spider-Ham and it's like, oh fuck, I can't believe we did that. But here we are. A spider that got bit by ham? Is that what that is? Something like that. I don't know what the story is anymore. Uh, so we end up in the hideout of all these Loki variants and uh, another Loki variant who is the one we see from the trailer that's got like his classic horns yeah. uh, and the the like coat with the like one sleeve that's ripped or whatever shows up with a bunch of just real fucking scrappy like C tier Loki variants <laughs> yeah. kind of thing and say like, hey, we're taking over. And then we get this like great fucking scene back and forth where they're all just betraying each other oh, because gosh. they're all just fucking self-absorbed asshole Lokis at heart. And including the fucking alligator who bites Mayor Loki's hands off. Fucking great. Like just <laughs> oh croaky. You were just like the living end, you know? Yeah. The, that's the Loki that needs to come back. We need to do Throg versus Croaky. Like, that's a movie <laughs> I would watch. Let's do that. Yeah, we need a What If episode that features oh, uh, that features Croaky. I, I guarantee you, What If season two, this is like, it's Throg versus Croaky. We're doing it for an hour. Like, let's go. I'll be on board. <laughs> it's just a fight the whole time. Why not? Um, <laughs> It'd be ridiculous. It'd be like Tom and Jerry. And the whole time, like, our variant Loki is just in the background being like, Jesus Christ, am I really like this? Yeah, I'm like this fucking yes, awful. You yeah, you are, man. You <laughs> totally are. We are. That's and why Thor keeps telling you you're the fucking worst. Like, yeah. he tells you you're the worst every fucking movie, like, six times. He's like, brother, you're really the fucking worst. Like, he says it a lot. And that's why Mobius just showed you, like, a fucking highlight reel of you being the biggest dick worst. in yeah. the MCU, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like even Thanos looks like a fucking decent dude next to you because you're just like, at least he's consistent in the way he does shit. You're a slimy piece of shit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so in the meantime, while all this fucking chaos is happening, the old Lo- or classic Loki, kid Loki, alligator Loki, and our variant Loki all escape in the kerfuffle. And at the same time, Sylvie and Mobius have met up with each other and Mobius has a pizza delivery car that somehow ended up in the void that he's driving around. And so they end up meeting each other and they figure out that the, not a jet ski though. We didn't get a jet ski. I was still disappointed in his (laughs) lack of jet ski. And they think that the, Oh, Mobius goes to the, goes back to the TVA because he's got a temp pad that he took from Renslayer before he got pruned. 
Andy's going to like expose the TVA to or expose the yeah timekeepers and the TVA yeah. to everybody. The, but the Loki variants all stay behind because they want to figure out what's going on behind kind of everything. And they figure the only way that they can do that is to sort of go through or around Eliath or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so their plan is for Sylvie to enchant Eliath, which they ultimately do sort of joining powers together in another very romantic little moment or masturbatory, however you're looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anymore at this where, point. Where they figure you know out what? That, after the pandemic, if that gets you off, fucking go with it, I yeah. guess. I don't know what else to tell you anymore. <laughs> and basically, Loki, our, our variant Loki, f- uh, figures out that he must also have this power to enchant because sort of they they're all ultimately variants of the same. And then they also Richard E. Grant, the classic Loki has like this amazing fucking scene where he like makes an illusion. That's an entire fucking city to distract a lot. Yeah, like he recreates Asgard yeah. basically to like uh, distract Alioth and like, yeah, it's fucking dope. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's, which, uh, which is amazing. And then they, they both start getting this feeling like, Oh my God, if these variants can do this, like how powerful must we actually be? Like, you know, we've only tapped into a fraction of our actual powers, which is cool and terrifying to think about. Yeah, so they successfully are able to enchant Eliath, and Eliath opens up into this big, weird fucking galaxy void sort of thing. And they walk through it together, and they end up in the Citadel at the end of time. Yeah, it's like fucking Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, very much yeah. so. Yeah, it's very much this whole episode's very much kind of like a Doctor Who episode. The series has got a lot of Doctor Who to it, also. Like it, it's oh, yeah, very sure. yeah, like it it references Doctor Who quite a bit in terms of like time travel and yeah. The TVA is very much like a, the kind of thing that would exist in the Doctor. It actually kind of reminds me of Torchwood now that I think about it in terms of like that kind oh, of oh yeah for sure yeah, some kind of like agency that takes care of the timeline shady when the doctor's not the around things. but yeah, shady does, does yeah. the dirty work that the you know the doctor the people, won't yeah that the people in the light don't want to do kind of thing yeah that kind of stuff so so they they get in there and they meet uh, miss minutes who we haven't really talked about so far but she's like the mascot of the tva and also sort of an ai kind of program of the tva sort of helps train loki and is just this really cutesy like mid-century cartoon voiced by Tara Strong excellently. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say voiced by the fucking amazing Tara Strong who's yeah. just always great. As They got to get her like for real in the, one of these shows at some point because she's super cute. They don't know why. She's always a voice actress. I'm like, she's yeah. actually really good. She'll show up sometime. Yeah. Then she basically says to the to Sylvie and Loki, my boss, quote unquote, he who remains, has an offer for you basically where we can return you to the sacred timeline both. So you can both exist in the timeline and have like basically whatever you want kind of thing. Like Loki, little Loki babies basically is what they yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But they reject the offer because Sylvie doesn't want it. Yes, well, he doesn't, he, he doesn't want to go down that path anymore. He's decided because like, yeah. basically that path leads to Thanos and like death. Well, so. but they, but Miss Minutes also told them like you could have the you Infinity could be, Gauntlet, yeah. you could beat the Avengers, you could kill Thanos and everything. So, like, you could have exactly the timeline you want. But at this point, Loki's just so fucking head over heels for himself, Sylvie, that he's like, no, I'm going to do whatever she wants to do, at least for now. And that includes trying to kill Kang. Yes. <laughs> so. Never goes well for anybody, but I don't know why they keep trying. Yeah. Back in the TVA, the B-15 TVA guard uh, reveals to the other TVA agents that they're actually all variants because they bring what she brings one of them to who Renslayer is a variant of, basically. Yeah. 
It's like a high school principal or something like that, right? Yeah. Vice principal, yeah. yeah. Then now we get to see He Who Remains, who is Jonathan Majors, Kang, basically a variant of Kang. Or Mortis. It could be a, whichever character that ends up being Kang at the end also. Because, yeah. yeah, everyone's like, it's a Mortis. And I'm like, a Mortis just ends up being Kang, guys. It's the same fucking thing. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And he, he appears to be like just sort of a kind of normal dude in an eccentric outfit that is a little loopy and weird, but he also has a temp hat on his wrist. And like, if they ever try to attack him, they can, he he's, can he's seen it. everything that has happened already. And yeah, has already yeah, programmed we, the ability to like, he's already programmed the moving out of the way of any attempted murders. That exactly. So he yeah. tries on him. Cause he's seen this happen probably a dozen times already. Yeah, Cause so we find out basically Kang. that, yeah, that he is the person that created the timekeepers and he did it after there was a huge inter multiversal time, time war, time war yeah. kind of thing between him or and, doctor who shit obviously yeah. again yeah. between him and all these other versions of himself yeah. kind of thing which he shows using this little display on his desk kind of thing that looks very much like the man of steel the, or the wakandan tech okay. or, yeah. i wouldn't make the man of steel but it is very similar to the beads in wakanda as well yeah. that's true yeah, yeah. and uh, he kind of was the one that survived all of it. And he created the TVA to make sure that, and the timekeepers to make sure that anything that bad did not ever happen again. He basically sets himself up to make sure that he doesn't happen again. It's like, it's, it's a weird like time fuck to himself where he's like, I can't happen again. So I have to stop me from happening. Yeah. And now he's stuck for eternity, making sure that he doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, oh, and that he also harnessed Eliath yeah. to, you know, maintain the void and, and delete things from the void. Uh, but basically, he's been doing this for a long fucking time, and he's real excited that Loki and Sylvie are here because this is where he stops knowing what's going to happen is during their meeting, basically. Yeah. So it kind of gets beyond him for whatever reason, and which we'll find out briefly. <laughs> yeah, and the the. That basically he gives them two options. He says that they can go back into the timeline like he offered, or they can kill him and take his place. That's basically the two options they had. Uh, Sylvie's like, fuck this guy. I came all this way to kill him and tries to kill him. Loki tries to stop her saying like, I don't, you know, we don't actually know what's going to fucking happen if we kill him kind of thing. Yeah. And ultimately they fight and Sylvie does manage to kill or no, Sylvie uh, sends Loki, back, Loki to the TVA. back to the TVA or a TVA. Well, he, he sends her back to the TVA and then kills Kang, all, like immediately rewriting the timeline. Yeah. So that where she sends him is a alternate TVA now. Yeah, it's so. a TVA where he has never been in the TVA before and yeah. possibly never existed at all in this timeline. We'll find out yeah. about that in the future. And yeah, so she kills he who remains and again, yeah, totally resets the fucking timeline. He basically says you know he'll come back if she kills him it'll just be a different version of him kind of thing and yeah. that's exactly that version what might be the conqueror which is not a good idea yeah <laughs> that's that's exactly what happens she kills him and releases just an uncontrolled fucking multiverse one might even say a multiverse of madness yep we are definitely that movie's coming up in yeah. like a couple months so yeah we are on our way to there and uh, loki ends up back there and he goes and finds Mobius and B-15 and starts telling them everything that happened in the set it all at the end of time, but they don't recognize him because yes. this is a different timeline at this point. And then he sees that uh, the statues that used to be of the timekeepers are now one big statue of Kang and it's, and it's actually Kang. Like yeah. it's Kang, the conquerors kind of like comic book 
costume basically with yeah, Jonathan with Major's the, face the on little, it, which like, is cowl and everything. The, yeah, the cap or whatever. Yeah, yeah. which no. I would. We are in phase fucking four now because yeah. here's Kang. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So that was the plot of the first season of Loki. So <laughs> what did you? What do you want to talk about? Like what? What's on your mind when it comes to this at this point? Um, I just want like first right at the top. I fucking love this show. I love like the feel of it, like the mm-hmm. way it was shot. I love. I even like. I'll bitch about the fact that they stole all kinds of shit from Control. I am a hundred percent happy that everything looked like the oldest house because that was a vibe that worked perfectly for this show. And then like just they've got their actors fucking on lockdown. They are killing it with the performances like across the board. Everything here was good or better in terms. Yeah. Of performances, so yeah. like. I was because I was really worried about having a fucking Wilson brother in my MCU stuff. And he, I wasn't like in love with him as no, Mobius, but it was fine. Like it, yeah, it, it worked. It, it it was it worked well. He did it. He did his job, kind of thing. Like it was it was serviceable. He still looks way too much like John Slattery now. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so confusing. Yeah, yeah. He just go back and play fucking young Anthony Stark. I guess. Not, is it Anthony? Yeah, whatever. Howard. Howard, Howard Stark. Stark. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. I always forget Howard's name. Either way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was pretty good as Mobius. It was he was better than I expected to be him to be, and I liked how he was kind of like playing a almost a surrogate father role to Loki, and maybe in part because like Mobius has seen his whole history and knows that his dad is gone, kind of thing, and sort of takes pity on him. So, well, I mean, his dad's gone for now. They always all the fucking Asgardians come back after Ragnarok eventually. So, and and Hiddleston and Wilson did have pretty good chemistry. They they played off each other pretty well on those scenes, and they you know they had a lot of dialogue heavy scenes together, kind of thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Apparently, all the timekeepers were actually voiced by Jonathan Majors. Oh yeah, like he did the voicing for. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I did see that. That was. uh, Did you watch the? So you didn't have a chance to watch the the assembling the universe or not? uh, Yeah, 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 the Marvel assembled or whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Marvel Studios assembled. Yeah, I watched that today or last night after I finished rewatching the series. If you haven't watched that and you did watch Loki, there's a lot of cool like little sort of insights in there. Oh no, I meant to watch it. I saw that it came out this week, but I've been fucking swamped, so I didn't uh, have a chance to sit down because I wanted to rewatch the show and do that but all of a sudden it was friday and i was like oh fuck <laughs> like, yeah i didn't sit down and watch anything yet this week so but yeah. no, like just that scene watching mobius kind of take loki down a peg by showing him his whole history and his where he would end up in the time stream if he went back to where he left yeah. it from kind of thing is that was a a fun but also pretty emotionally impactful scene yeah, and hiddleston was really good at like reacting to those scenes like watching it and just like internalize because they had to do they had to do that legwork because like that was not the same Loki that we were used to, right? Like you right. had to get him kind of fast. It's almost it's almost cheap in a way, like where you've like you've had him have all this character development, and then killed him, and now you've reset him back to like 2012, right? So yeah. literally almost 10 years ago, and now you're gonna basically fast forward him through all his character development so that we can get back to Endgame Loki and now do this story with that character more or less kind of thing. So it's a little weird, and it's a very comic booky thing to do, but it's still like it works here because. Tom Hiddleston is Tom Hiddleston is still that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And hearing him like externally to Mobius, try to play it off and be like, Oh, this is a trick or something where, but like you can see physically that it's having an impact on him kind of thing. Yeah. Like that's really nuanced sort of acting from Hiddleston. Yeah. Hiddleston's really good. So yeah. But yeah. I mean, in terms of acting as well, like yeah, Hiddleston is fantastic. I think both there's great character work by both Loki and Sylvie. 
yeah, Sophia DiMartino is the actress that plays Sylvie. Sylvie, uh, and I'm, I mean, obviously, this is just following more and more, following more and more into that track of, you know, that theme of characters dealing with past trauma that we've seen on all these MCU shows so far, and that I feel is going to continue to probably play out throughout Phase Four. Yeah, it seems to be Phase Four. Its theme is basically like trauma and how to cope, basically. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're going to be dealing with a lot more of that, I think, going forward. So yeah. and not only Loki having to confront his past and potential future, but also Mobius calling into question his entire like motivations, which like Mobius is right. They're never really totally clear. Like, no. I don't even, you know, you get the feeling that at some point that Loki never really knows exactly what he wants. Right. He's just kind of going along and he's feel, you know, and, and at the end, it's Loki- almost like he's just so angry. He doesn't know how to direct his energy at that point. Like yeah. he's, he's flailing. He's so like lost and angry at, and it's all, it all has to do with like, it all goes right back to Thor, right? Like the original Thor where like, yeah, he, he feels, was- he feels inadequate compared to Thor. Well, his inadequacy compared to Thor and the fact that his father lied to him about his like parentage and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. that seems to be a like, big catalyst for like their schism at the end of the original, the first Thor movie. And then him, especially leading for him, you know, basically kind of killing himself at the end of that movie so that he could go away and kind of work for Thanos mm-hmm. in the aftermath of that. So, yeah. And then like seeing Loki admit that he doesn't enjoy hurting people and that all of that is just like a part of the front that he's put up over the years. And it's just, he's been playing that role for so long that it just, it's what he is now kind of thing. He's become the, he's become the mask or whatever. So, yeah. And then it was really heart wrenching watching him tear up while he's reading the file about at Ragnarok as well. Yeah. So that was, that was all really nice. And that was a really great writing point that, I, I liked that a lot that the variant could that that was smart writing to me that the variant could hide in times before these apocalypses without without making any impact that the TVA would be able to to detect and track. That was that was a cool that just made me think like, OK, good, good fucking writing room. Well, yeah. Done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I think that's why the Kang thing at the end was so jarring to me was because I was like everything else worked so organically and like tied back to the MCU stuff to just kind of like plop kang in front of us out of nowhere i was like oh that feels kind of unearned like i know we're gonna get there and like i kind of trust them to do it right at this point but it just yeah. felt like because because like we haven't seen him yet we have no engagement with that character and neither does loki you know what i mean like yes he's been following him because he's the one who's running the tba but like yeah that could have ostensibly been anybody they didn't really until i saw Elioth. Uh, yeah Elioth. i was like i had i was kind of up in the air on the kang thing like i didn't know if they were going that way but then Elioth, there i was like okay i guess we're just doing kang yeah like okay cool so yeah. yeah so i felt a little weird to me but like we're in that kind of stage of this we're like yeah we're kind of rebooting so like if we introduce a character here we're gonna get to know him a lot better in like ant-man next year or 20 2023 or whatever Dominion, like, yeah uh, the huge... and multiverse of madness and... and i assume like he'll show up in something else in between that and what would be his avengers finale i'm assuming they're building up to him having to get you know taken out by the team basically again or whatever version of the team we end up with well i mean like there's always a new there's always a new avengers like that's just the way it works there's always there's always an avengers team it's just depending on who's on the avengers team at this point so yeah we'll get there there's always an avengers it's like the justice league man they're not gonna not have a justice league even if 
you know, Superman and Batman are like, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. Wonder Woman and John will put it together or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. In terms of how this is going to tie into the rest, like the, the plot of this obviously does do a lot of heavy lifting to set up a phase four. That's going to be heavy in multiverse stories. And yeah. like, yeah, I was okay with that. I mean, it, it's a weird thing though. Like I was okay with, with them just kind of dropping in Kang because it's, it's one that I don't know, would have felt, I don't know how to say it. I just I feel like if it had been, kind of been like teased or whatever, it wouldn't have made sense. Because like if there were hints about it, then in a situation where there's you know time fuckery and stuff like that, yeah. like there would have been so much time for people to figure out what was going on or something like yeah. that. That it had to be it had to be like a fully fucking solid illusion kind of thing around the TVA. I can understand how it makes sense, like in the universe. I'm yeah. just saying, like as a a writing choice, like just yeah. kind of dumping them in there is a little odd to me. But like. Again, we're getting Kang, which is fucking dope. And we got an amazing actor to play him, which is even better. Like, yeah. And no, it's going to be a lot of fun, fun. Yeah. Jonathan, like watching Jonathan Majors get to go through various iterations of Kang until we get to the Conqueror. Also, he's going to get to play a lot of different roles in playing this one role, basically, right? Like, he's yeah. going to get to come back as various versions of Kang and do all kinds of cool shit. So, like, I'm like on board. It's just, it just felt anticlimactic to me, I guess, to have yeah. a character that wasn't like, built up to and everything yeah, built up to or anything like that, especially like, and it, although even like I, I'll keep backpedaling on it and like giving reasons why it works a little bit for me is because like it, you have to introduce the, the new villain with Loki. We introduced the last villain through Loki. It's <laughs> at this point, they're going to keep Tom Hiddleston around so they can introduce every fucking villain through Loki. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, so like it all he's makes that, sense. That but ambigu- morally ambiguous gray area yeah. kind of character that, yeah, is, yeah, that you can, yeah, that you can use to, Introduce frame, the cosmic frame, threats. Yeah, group. frame your yeah. new uh, big fucking universe spanning threats kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I mean, like, it, like, yeah, like I said, that's why I'm only kind of like 50-50 on it. Like, I'm not hating on it. It's just like it feels weird. But there's aspects of it that I like. But then there's also aspects of it that I'm like, fuck that. It's cheap. Yeah. So it's kind of like I weird. can see that, and I I saw a lot of complaints that it kind of the the last episode kind of did feel anticlimactic, and it I can understand like if you were just looking at it on its own, but when you're considering it as part of the larger MCU kind of thing. It, it frames it differently. But for me, I would say another reason that that works for me is because that they've kind of been with all these MCU shows, especially with WandaVision and this, they haven't been afraid to show us that they're willing to do things in different ways than we've come to expect from these movies. You know, we have had, in the majority of these movies, we get these villains where like, you know, from the first time that you see them on screen, you know, before they've even become the villain, that that's who's going to fucking be the villain. Like in some cases, you know, from the trailer, whatever, or it's just fucking glaringly obvious. They're so fucking arch that that's going to end up being the villain. And I like now that Marvel is starting to take more of these risks and say, yeah, but sometimes we're just going to fucking drop some shit on you out of nowhere that they can still surprise us after you know, 10, 12 years kind of thing is nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm all there for that. I just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Something about it feels weird. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, ready to move on. Jonathan Majors as he who remains was great. He had just the right balance of like sort of unhinged and brilliant genius kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, a guy that's fucking seen a lot of shit, all the shit. Really, he gave his name as properly as Nathaniel Richards, right? Like he actually said that I at some so. point. Yeah. So like that basically when he was given the little story. Yeah. Yeah, that's Fantastic Four right there. He's a a distant relative of Reed. Oh, is he? Is that canonical? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kang Kang is like one of the original Fantastic Four villains because 
yeah. of that basically. Okay. Right. So, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he had so much fun. Jonathan majors clearly had so much fun just chewing the fuck out of that scene. Oh yeah. And it, it did make that up. He really sold that last episode for me and it was very nice to see him since we just recently found out that uh, Lovecraft country got canceled or is not getting a second season or whatever. So, yeah, we just got to get Journey Smollett in here somewhere. Caster is Storm. Let's do that. She can be yeah. an X-Man. I'm on board. But yeah, the, the little, you know, him using the like tempad liquid or whatever to tell his story is just like the MCU just keeps kind of using that that sort of vehicle to tell tell things that they, they don't want to or don't have the budget to actually show, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, do they not have the budget to show just anything at this point? Like it's <laughs> fucking Disney Marvel at this point. There's so much money there. Presumably they have somewhat less budget on this. Although I, I think that this probably, if I had to guess, I would say that this show probably had the biggest effects budget of any of the Disney plus series so far. Yeah. Well, I mean like, see the only like WandaVision is a little different because it's so like earth grounded and stuff. Like they, they could do more like sets, like practical, magic was more like practical yeah. sets and stuff. And then obviously Falcon and winter soldier was just like a straight, like MCU spy thriller action movie. So yeah, like, and it had its big set pieces that were very, yeah, but they were action, they were, but they yeah. were action set pieces. They weren't like, Oh shit. Like at a multiverse, like unraveling in the distance out there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a, yeah. that was cool. Like, or like, good. or here's the, the Marriott in Atlanta that we have expanded into this massive, like fucking into the oldest house. Looking, basically. Yeah. Insane looking, uh, office uh, like multiversal fucking office structure or some yeah. shit like that that spans like time and space and yeah. is basically the oldest house and all this other good shit so i don't know yeah or so the oldest house could be inside the tva for all you really know <laughs> so yeah so it didn't hurt for me at all with my enjoyment that a bulk of those tva shots were in the marriott in atlanta especially when yeah. they were like out in that big atrium even like loki's little desk and everything was like on one of the upper atrium floors kind of thing where you can see off into the the, the rest of yeah. the yeah the rest of it and uh, rest of the hotel and everything yeah that big panning shot up into like what we call it dragon con like the belly of the dragon like yeah. this with the elevators and everything and then they following the elevators down to the statues of the timekeepers like that that made me miss dragon con and is making me we'll go when they fucking open it back up again come on man that was that that cons yeah we still plan to go way more fucking fun than any con we're gonna go to up here <laughs> i guarantee it yeah i've been to a lot of cons up here i've never had as much fun as i had at fucking dragon con so we will <laughs> definitely go back for another run yeah they are so doing fun. it this year but i yeah yeah i don't trust fucking atlanta like georgians at this no, point georgian so. georgia that has like fucking 40 percent vaccine vaccination yeah rate, no so. i'm not gonna i'm not going to georgia this year but i will we will be back to dragon con at some point i'm sure yeah. i know tim will be absolutely but i will probably <laughs> be there with him because dragon yeah. con was dope as fuck so but yeah just that and they made that work so well within that production design overall like i love that retro futurist mid-century modern inspired like brutalist industrial design and technology and everything like play control play control <laughs> <laughs> like it, it felt exactly like you know one of those everybody knows those government buildings from like the yeah. 60s that have just never been updated because it's they good enough do. you know it's, yeah. it's that government bureaucracy like if it ain't broke don't fix it situation but applied to this weird like disorienting fucking multiversal organization kind of thing right you're just describing control right now. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, you got to play this fucking game. You're going to love it. Anyway. And then the other scenery, like I said, that the when they oh, yeah, show up at, at the Georgia Renaissance Festival in that second episode, that was, 
They 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 actually use some of the the actual performers from the festival in that episode and shit. I can even great. give them props. They're doing better a better job of like doing alien worlds in the MCU than like Star Trek even does on their modern shows. Yeah, and, like these worlds look cool and weird and like foreign and shit. And I'm like, oh, God, could we get Kevin Feige to do Star Trek? Because apparently he knows what he's fucking doing there too. Yeah. Like. God damn, like the, everything looks bizarre and like you want to go look at it because it's different than what you normally see. Like the concept artists on this fucking show must have just been having the goddamn time of their lives designing all this horse shit. Like <laughs> you get to do all kind, you get to do weird cosmic crap. You get to do harsh, brutalist architecture stuff. Like, oh God, I, this is like, this shows my design wet dream basically. <laughs> like, so, and you get Loki in the middle of all of it. Fantastic. And they actually built that hole. There's another thing that they show you in the, making of special making up thing, yeah, yeah that they actually made that whole uh city on lamentus as like a yeah. physical set uh in like the pinewood studios near atlanta kind of thing yeah and, they didn't have a budget for the show tim they built yeah. the whole yeah like, no. they spent a lot of money you know Jesus. Um, and I, I really like the citadel at the end of time design that was pretty beautiful yeah. set design as well and oh, like yeah. not over the top but very effective right like having that same like everything black with that gold vein kind of through it yeah well i think it was carved out of a meteor or something like that basically that's like yeah, that's the, the whole the look thing. they were going yeah. for was like all carved out of one rock that still had the veins of golden and stuff it looked yeah. cool as shit yeah i'm looking for i'm a big nerd for the art of these movies and stuff like that so like i will eventually i've got all the art of books from all of them so far and i haven't heard anything about these shows getting them but fuck i hope so because like i'd like to get a good look at some of the andy park illustrations that he did for designing this because mm-hmm. he's the guy who designed the new wandavision outfit like the new scarlet witch costume and designed the new cap and god only knows what he designed for this i bet he was having a fucking blast though just <laughs> Yeah, well, even so dope. Here, yeah, even so the uh, the end credit sequence, I was in fucking. Oh yeah, every right? time like, it, yeah. it was all so fucking good. The one shot that really got me was the close up on the hands of the clock, where the different sets of hands like just like kind spawn. of explode. Yeah, like yeah, fan out from the so one cool. is great and so effective in terms of you know like the making showing you what it is yeah, yeah exactly. it's like a time like, fuckery kind of show yeah, is, that, yeah. is that you know there's crazy timeline shit going on and yeah there's yeah it's all kind of all over the place so yeah no like i i don't this is the thing that's it's hard for me at this point with these shows where i'm just like i they're really well made and anything i have to complain about them is just me nitpicking at this point like I'm obviously on board almost all the time for everything that happens here. They did Throg, Tim. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> they did fucking Throg, and I laughed, so like I was done. And the the thing is, the production design is just so consistent. Like even right down to the TVA animations that they do, mm-hmm. like where Miss Minutes like takes you through what what the TVA is and who the, who the timekeepers are and everything. Yeah, it's, it's that classic, like, classic like '60s style of animation that they yeah. would totally use for a workplace kind of like Work, instructional video. Workplace, yeah. yeah, exactly, or like a classroom, like yeah. you know, historical Film or whatever, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. like it, it looked like one of those fucking filmation movies, right? Absolutely, yeah. So. I mean, Disney probably made a bunch of those fucking things back in the day too. So <laughs> yeah, let's go back to the some. archive and like you know, yeah, pull some shit. I know we've been talking about it for a while, but like the the production design on this show, just like. Yeah, it, it cranked my fucking gears, so I was kind of I was yeah. on board pretty quick. I like the Thor character. I mean, like the the Loki character. Like I'm much more. If you'd asked me, Jesus, like in my teens, if I liked Thor, I would have laughed at you. But like <laughs> by the time the we got to the MCU, and like actually there was a there was a J. Michael Straczynski run with Oliver Koipel that Paul and I both read that was just like so seminal to like me loving Thor, and then the Ultimate version of him also that kind of became like a character I dig. And now I'm like, 
like I love the movie characters so much, like Hemsworth, Thor, and like Lo- like Hiddleston's Loki, and like everybody else that they've had cast as other characters. Like, come on, fucking Kate Blanchett as Hela, and like all that. Like Jamie Alexander, everybody they've cast in the Thor movies has made them so much more interesting to me as characters. But now I read the fucking comics on a fairly regular basis too. Nice. Like I'm into Thor, like a dork. So here we are. The MCU really changed my comic book reading a lot, actually. Like I'm a big I'm a way bigger Captain America fan post MCU than I was before that. And like I was the guy who told like I would have if I'd met Tim pre-MCU, I would have been like, dude, read Brubacher's fucking cap. And I'll still tell him to read Brubacher's cap, but like, yeah, I would have been like, even without the movies, I still would have been like, Are you fucking Brubacher's cap? You're a comic book guy, you know what's up. Go yeah. do that. Let's go to that kind of <laughs> stuff. Because it was just really good stuff. And yeah, no, the movies have completely made me like a fucking fanboy for the main three Avengers when growing up. I would have been like, yeah, they're there, but like Spidey's the guy. Spidey's still yeah. the guy, but like, you know, <laughs> I like Tony now too, so it's cool. But yeah, like I'm trying to think what else to talk about on the show. Like everybody who was on it, so like the Hunter B15, who was just at, what was her name? Wunmi Mosaku was fantastic, just like being the hard ass and then getting like freed and kind of teaming up with mobius to you know do all that shit at the end and the lady who played renslayer renslayer yeah i was i was kind of looking at that name like i'm not gonna pronounce that properly but (laughs) she was really good i liked her a lot too so like that was fun and like like yeah sofia dimartino was just like perfect fucking casting she was so good yeah she's great her fucking her costume is really solid too i really liked her yeah that's i mean that's the marvel stuff they've been pretty good the last little while about getting the costumes right and stuff so like even black widow was like kind of crushed it so yeah yeah uh what else what else do you have in your notes man like i got i got literally nothing else that barely rewatched this and i'm just like wow this is fun and kang's out of nowhere but kang was still awesome so I feel like we need to shout out Kate Heron for she like she directed the shit out of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you yeah. know, for, from top to bottom, from the performances to I mean, you're fucking directing like Tom Hiddleston, who is this character by this point, but still like yeah, you know, get, getting the right right performances out of like Sylvie and out of Mobius and out of and the, like the other she's TV the person who's making the in theory anyway as a director, she's the person who's making the calls on like set design and all that kind of stuff. So she obviously had like and all that and, yeah, yeah, so she obviously had like a a very good idea of what she wanted the show to be and executed it excellently yeah and this is a very tough type of story to manage in terms of Mm. it has character you know big character development but it also has to serve its purpose in the larger story the larger continuity of the mcu and everything and i think she managed to balance that all really well uh, overall so and it it did mean because it had so much to accomplish in terms of the mcu continuity it did mean that it was exposition heavy they had good actors doing the exposition though like they were well i could and like shot scenes so like it didn't feel like oh we're just sitting here listening to this fucker talk like the last that was part of the problem i had with the kang introduction it's like all right great we got kang and he's gonna sit there and monologue at us for 20 minutes yeah oh what the fuck guys (laughs) but he's so good like jonathan majors is so engrossing as an actor that you're just like on the edge of your seat yeah yeah you're just watching like oh shit when's he gonna fucking put the face mask on and start warping reality around me because like uh, i need it like i need it now (laughs) like let's get there but either way yeah like he was so good like i'll bitch about it here on the podcast because that's what we do is bitch about that kind of shit here on the podcast but like in my day-to-day life i was just like yeah, that was fucking awesome. Like, I'm yeah. super glad we have somebody the caliber of Jonathan Majors coming in. And what's nice is, like, unlike Thanos, who we didn't get cast as Josh Brolin until, like, what, like, oh, fuck, 
uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, was the first time yeah, he shows up like as that. Thanos. We were going to have Jonathan Majors here for the entire time, so it's going to be a very consistent like characterization of this villain, as opposed to like the kind of piecemeal shit we got with Thanos. Thanos and so yeah. we got to Infinity War, I guess, right? Yeah, like pretty much. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And and again, like this is a very fucking multiverse continuity kind of heavy story, and. You and I get that sort of thing because, you know, we're, we're versed oh, in yeah. the language of comics, right? But, like, for a, a common viewer that's or a casual viewer or something like that, like, that does require a good amount of explanation and, yeah. you know, clear explanation to do. And so I appreciate that the work that they have to do to get a wider audience to help explain all that shit in a manner that most people can comprehend kind of thing. And, and I think that they accomplish that pretty well. Fair enough, because that was actually a question I had that I was uh, that was part of the reason why I was kind of happy Paul was here. I had a question about like, are we getting to the point now where we have gotten to Marvel density that the I'll say normie crowd may be starting to get lost in terms of like what's going on? Well, because it is starting to get pretty dense storytelling wise in terms of like we've got a bunch of shows going on. We're going to fucking four movies a year for probably the next three years. Like there's a lot of fucking content that's going to come down the pipe now as comic book guys like. And as a Marvel reader, I totally understand that. Like sometimes I'm going to have to buy all fucking 38 books that Marvel's printing that month. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? To figure out what the fuck's going on. But like our regular people, like we're getting to that point where there's so much happening that it's becoming collecting basically. Right. Like, mm-hmm. are we going to get to the point where it starts to pair off to just us again? You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where I'm starting to get worried a little bit. And that's, that's one of my, I won't say it's an issue, but like, if it's not an issue for us, right? Like, it's not like for us, we're like, this is great. This is what we want. But then it's like, how am I going to fucking explain this shit to my parents? Exactly. It comes down to whether, you know, if somebody asks me, would you recommend that I watch Loki? You know, I I can't just say like, yes, right off the bat, right? Like whether or not I would recommend the show to you really depends on how invested you are in the MCU. If you're more casual with it, this story might not be for you unless you just really fucking love Loki and you don't care that you're not understanding some of the more, you know, fucking weird. comic booky weird shit that's going on. And especially like now we're like, this is going to be a key point to this phase. Cause people are going to be like, where did this fucking guy come from in Ant-Man and the Wasp? And like, well, yeah. if you didn't watch Loki, you don't know who, I mean, he who remains was who eventually becomes Kang. Like, yeah, that we've started that story over there anticlimactically but like that's where it starts now so yeah and like wandavision is very much a self-contained story like it gives you kind of the information you need to know about their past to an extent yeah i guess to, i feel to like understand it i feel like you would need to kind of see at least like age of ultron to understand you, you need to see fewer movies to understand yeah. it than you would uh to really comprehend this problematic with loki because he's been there since like movie four i think three yeah three right no four because of incredible hulk he's like the four they were the fourth movie and now we're at fucking 25 yeah <laughs> he's been in like half of them actually which is weird to think that loki's shown up that much but like he's in the avengers movie like he's in a bunch of thor movies he pops yeah. up elsewhere he's now he's in this like yeah. So. So, but yeah, but but if you're on the flip side of that, like you've seen most or all of the MCU movies, you want to see what the next phase of the MCU is probably going to be mostly all about. Then, like, yeah, definitely watch Loki, yeah. right? So it's it is, I think, getting it's, there. It's, it's kind of where you. It's not going to be accessible to the casual viewer, I don't think. Yeah. Okay. You you need to have at least some fucking background so uh, to to really get it. So that was my big last thing. So I, I'm I'm at rate and review. Do you have anything else you want to bring up before we? I really liked the tempad effects in particular, like the resetting people and the effects that they did for the doors and shit like that. I thought that those were both pretty effective. 
I like that some of the effects also harken back to other Marvel effects. Like some of the doors had Dr. Strange kind of sling ring effects to them and stuff like, like the, yeah. actually, when you just said it, the pruning thing has that sparkly sling ring effect around yeah, the yeah, rim yeah. of it. Yeah. I thought that was kind of neat that they're kind of tying. Oh, how do I say it? Keeping like, it visually consistent kind of using visual consistency yeah. to tell you what's going on. Like that's how I kind of clued in that Loki wasn't dead. I was like, Oh wait, he's teleported. Yeah. Like, that's the sling ring effect. Oh, okay. So they didn't, cause at first I was like, what the fuck did he just kill Loki? <laughs> Oh, I guess not. Okay, cool. It makes sense. Yeah. Now. But yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, for if if you do, you know, if you're if you're a Tom Hiddleston stan kind of thing, there was lots of Tom oh, Hiddleston Tom, eye yeah. candy. Yeah. Uh, like sure right from the first lot. episode where he gets his armor lasered off and ends up just yeah. fucking stark naked. And like yeah. his TVA uniform costume was fucking great. Like that shirt with the the lines down the shoulders and everything. We didn't talk about the DB Cooper thing at all. That was good. Yeah, I did. I really like that like a that. lot. That was a fun little nod that, that yeah. Loki was actually was DB Cooper, complete with nods, like the little nods to the camera, a la Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, kind of absolutely. Yeah, it was really good. So I, I thought that was fun. No, they uh, did a lot of those like nice little nods and moments. There there were other like funny strikes too. Like, did you notice that the kid Loki was uh, sipping on Ecto Cooler, high C yes. Ecto Cooler? Yeah, well, his backstory is hilarious, right? Because he's like, oh, no, I killed Thor. So like that story that Thor tells in Ragnarok feeds this story, right? The story where he stabbed him. That's where he died. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. The joke is that like, oh, that at that point, he killed Loki. And then he got pruned for it. Or he killed Thor, I should say. And he got pruned for it right there. Like the kid. I was like, that's fucking genius. These guys are having way too much fucking fun. Like, (laughs) basically pulling their own dicks on these shows at this point. So it's fantastic. And then, yeah, the the little moment with the Infinity Stones in the mailroom kind of thing. That was fucking hilarious. Um, And that dude just being like, yeah, some of the guys use them for paperweights uh, and shit. And I'd also noticed... Did you see one of the ships from Thanos' fleet that ended up in the void too? Yeah, there's lots of like little hints to other. There's there some some of the starfighters from Guardians were in there too, like the Nova <laughs> yeah, Corps yeah, starfighters yeah. were back there. Yeah, and I think I saw what looked like the Milano back there, but like a, a Hulk of the Milano kind of back mm-hmm. there. But who knows? The score was actually memorable for once. It was better yeah. than usual for the MCU, like more memorable, more identifiable. Very synthy too, right? Yeah. Like they kind of went a completely different well, direction. Well, synthy sci-fi, like, yeah. uh, you know, you had like some theremin in there kind of thing too, yeah. right? Yeah, like very, very, very Doctor 60s Who, sci-fi. Very controlled. Yeah, yeah it was, it, it worked like very X-Files-y too. Like it had that kind of vibe to it on top yeah. of everything, which is actually a show we should have brought up at some point here, like Fringe X-Files. Yeah, all yeah, yeah, kind of had sure. chunks of this kind of vibe to them also uh, millennium like that kind of stuff like the mm-hmm. bureaucratically led supernatural kind of stuff yeah like those two shows so like they, they like they harken back this show harkens back to those also which is obviously stuff that we watched growing up because we were we didn't have fucking marvel shows like this to watch yeah so we watched uh anna torv and killian anderson or whatever or jillian yeah. anderson i think Killian Jacobs and Jillian Anderson. All <laughs> their names the same fucking way. So yeah, it's know. tricky. Yeah, and then in terms of music, also there were some like solid, impactful needle drops. They didn't use many, but when they did, like yeah, especially during the end credits, like using yeah. Dark Moon, uh, like yeah, that was during good. the credits of Lamentus. That was pretty yeah, fun. That was pretty good. Impactful. I have a couple of gripes, and one I already sort of mentioned. The whole acknowledgement that Loki is queer was nice and all, and but like clearly done in such a way as to be totally inconsequential to the story and such that it could easily be excised for the markets where it wouldn't go over well. Mm. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was. Yeah, especially because like they could have had him fall in love with a, a self variant and just had Tom Hiddleston like yeah. backing on Tom Hiddleston. And like, that would have been hilarious, too. A lot of people would have been into that also. Oh, yeah, but like, sure. yeah. 
but yeah you gotta you gotta do the het normie thing for china you know so yeah, i know Again, man, like I'm telling you, you Disney, this is all Disney. This is all on you guys. This is not the way my boys would have run this shit. Stan would not be happy with this crap, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're lucky Stan's gone cuz like Stan would be raising hell at this point. Disney and their animated movies are starting to get more into like, you know, out gay characters and stuff like that, which is kind of nice. But yeah, I mean, these are their big money makers right now. I right? I understand that they're like it's baby steps and shit and like we now have a Black Captain America and stuff, which like yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, it happened fucking twenty years ago in the comics. So like, we, <laughs> yeah. it's one of so, those things. Where, it's like, yeah, guys, like you can catch up now. You know, like it's okay. We're we've had Sam Cap for fucking yeah. ages. So I, I really do wish Disney Marvel would make actually make a character queer in a way that is consequential and. I just wish Disney Marvel was more like Marvel Marvel. Because <laughs> then this wouldn't have been, maybe, like, we wouldn't even have to be talking about it. He would have been making out with himself in like the second movie. So. And I, I guess kind of my, my last big thought is, I'm not sure if this is more of a gripe or whether it's kind of just a concern that I have as we go forward, but Marvel is going to have to walk a very fine line with all this like variant time travel multiverse stuff in order for these stories to still feel like they have like weight and consequence to them. Yeah. Well, that's, it's the time travel, like paradox of storytelling. Like you can do exactly. a lot of fun shit, but all of a sudden consequences go right out the window. And I think this is something we talked about in Endgame. Like when, yeah. when, as soon as you introduce time travel to a universe, you start removing stakes from it because you start, you, you've written in a method to undo everything at that point. Yeah. It always becomes a question as, of why don't they just use the time gate to get back and fix whatever they've just fucked up, yeah. right? As, as the, the time CW series has shown us, like when you kill off a character only to bring back an alternate universe version of that character, like a couple months or weeks later or something like that, or yeah, many, many times in the case of Harrison Wells, yeah. it can very quickly lead to a world that feels like it has no real weight, no real consequence, where like any character can just cheat death if the writers need them to kind of thing. Which, to be fair, is like comics. Period. It um, is so. Which yeah. is, so it, it becomes like, do you want it to be what it like it was, or do you like they have to walk that? You're right. They have to walk this fine line now, where it's like we have to make sure this still feels like it has stakes. Otherwise, people are going to drop out, and that's yeah. why like I start dropping out of comic book stories a lot. Like this is the kind of thing where like I would start to get worried about that and start to kind of drop out of the storylines. Like that's mm-hmm. why I have problems with. I like my ground level guys more than I like the cosmic shit because the cosmic shit always ends up time travel. And then like, the ground level guys can like heal from fucking crippling injuries in two weeks kind of thing. So that's the, uh, that's the flip side of it on their side. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But at least like that, I can hand wave a little bit easier than like constantly constant time travel and stuff like that. Like Spider-Man healing faster than the average person. I'm like, well, he's got spider power. So, okay, cool. Yeah. I guess. I mean, Daredevil healing faster than the average person is just Matt Murdox at fucking, yeah. <laughs> well, it's all bullshit. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, so like to keep the stakes really clear going forward and make it feel like the shared universe does still have that, that weight and consequence to yeah. it. I feel like the writers are going to have to do extra work to set really clear and consistent rules. And they yeah. did do that pretty well in Loki. And I did see a piece about Kevin Feige saying that like they had a meeting basically yeah. to set the rules for the multiverse. So it's just going to be a matter of how well, you know, at least they're addressing it. It's just a matter of how well they address it. And I have a feeling because I'm more of a comic booky guy, especially when it comes to these stories, I'm probably going to be pickier about it as I was in Endgame than yeah. a more casual kind of viewer is uh, sort of thing. So I, I will be keeping a close eye on that going forward. Yeah. And this is the kind of shit that I hate about comic books. So this is where I start getting picky about it. And I will definitely be paying more attention to it because like, this is where I start being like, all right, you're killing the consequence to this. Like the stories yeah. have no weight anymore. 
And like, as the artist, of, you know what I mean? Like, if you start taking the consequences out of the stories, you're taking the gut of the story out. And then mm-hmm. what's the fucking point anymore? Like, why are we even doing this? So, yeah, yeah, they definitely have to walk a very, very fine line at this point. But that being said, we've been doing this way longer than I planned for us <laughs> to be fucking doing it this week after last week. Uh, let's give it a rating out of 10 and we can move on to Geek Cred. This is, this is like a nine out of 10 series for me. Um, yep. Like I said, I really, I really did enjoy it. It's hard for me to give it a perfect store just because especially considering it as sort of a self-contained piece of media because it is so tied to both the mm-hmm. past and future of the MCU, but there's so much good in it in terms of character awesomeness and development and dealing with trauma and it looks fucking fantastic yeah. and it's paced a little bit weird, but that's just because it is part of a much larger story. And yeah. so that means that, I mean, this is a second act story kind of thing, right? Like it's so again, you know, the, the eternal comic curse where we're like, you got to be careful to not make sure everything feels like it's second act. You got to, you got to walk that line. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and we're getting a second season of this. So it doesn't necessarily yeah. need to wrap everything up all nicely. We got basically a cliffhanger that will lead into a second season, whether yeah. that second season picks up to right where we left off, or if it's Loki at some future point in, or this variant Loki in some future point in the MCU timeline remains to be seen, but Either way, I'm I'm definitely down for oh, fuck, season yeah. two of this for sure. I'm 100% on board. Yeah, I, similar to Tim, like nine out of ten. I think like I was like having between eight and nine, but you know, fuck it, nine. I had a good time. Uh, I'll watch what's his name take his shirt off. I mean, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston play Loki anytime. Yeah, no, I had a great time with this, and like I, I mean, this is my universe. I'm super happy that we're starting to get into like some of the weird, like characters like Kang and shit are like as deep cuts, like we're getting into the second level of Marvel insanity. And I'm kind of on board for that. I like it when the universe starts to expand and we get to play with all the toys kind of thing. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that, especially like as well, like, yeah, this is like directly leading to the introduction of the fantastic four and stuff. Cause you know, Kang is one of those guys. So uh, yeah, just at this point, give me more. <laughs> I'm happy with the pace of stuff that we're getting right now. What ifs in like a couple weeks. So there we yeah. go. We'll be back. All right, let's move on to Geek Cred. My Geek Cred for this week is something I mentioned that I'd started watching earlier, but I'm almost finished it now. I'm on the last episode of Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, and I've really enjoyed it. It is very different than the stuff that I normally watch in terms of content, um, but in terms of sort of a fantasy story, it actually does a decent amount of trope subversion and introduces some went in directions that I didn't expect it was going to go kind of thing um, and avoided some pitfalls that I thought that it could have easily gone into. It looks really nice. I mean, yes, it's puppets. You have to get over that conceit right off the bat. Um, although there is a lot of good CGI and stuff in it as well, which is helps me uh, sort of get into it a lot more than the original movie. I have a feeling it's going to leave me disappointed because it did not get a second season and I... It feels like it is building towards something, but I don't know if it's something that's actually going to resolve in oh, the season okay. finale kind of thing. But on its own, it it still does plenty of interesting things story wise, and I think I think maybe I'm gonna I might ask Celia to come back on because they are very all about Age of Resistance. Maybe we can talk about it sometime in the next month or two. Fair enough. Uh, for me, I started watching Key Man Masters of the Universe Revelations, the new animated show yeah. that came out on Netflix this, today. I watched one episode today. That's all I got done. Uh, I was having a good time with it. It feels like a continuation of the original show, although I don't have any particular memory of the <laughs> original show anymore. It's been so long. The last time I looked at it, I just realized, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is trash for kids. Like, I can't watch this shit. So, like, I didn't, I couldn't watch <laughs> any more of it. But, like, no, I had a good time with it. Everything feels cool. The animation's excellent. Like, they did a really good job. 
of making yeah, it look like a really yeah and like i mean you can kind of feel kevin smith in there but not too too much which is probably a good thing like i don't need him making <laughs> did, jokes in there. i did see that he had muse do a little like cameo in one episode <laughs> oh yeah muse is in there oh come on muse is gonna be in there absolutely <laughs> but the cast is actually quite good uh like it's the dude who played uh monel on supergirl is oh, right. man and then who else is in there i Sarah michelle geller is the one that keeps sticking up to my head she plays tila right right and i'm always on board when buffy shows up and shit i love Sarah <laughs> michelle geller so yeah I, know, I, I was i had a good time with the first episode i'm gonna finish watching it this weekend now that like my death week and like horrible edit and shit is all over and i can sit down and maybe draw something on my own without fucking getting interrupted by something so you don't want to regularly do uh rpg episodes <sighs> then you're paying for somebody else to edit these fucking shows then is what's <laughs> going to happen at that point. Cause I, like, I don't have the time to do those kinds That's of edits funny. every week. It's a lot. It was, it was a lot, fun, but it is a, probably a once in a while kind of thing or something we could do on like a live stream rather than on a, on it, like it would definitely network. be something where it would be, it would be nicer if we could have like a live audience and I didn't have to worry about cutting it into a coherent <laughs> form from three hours and 15 minutes down to two and a half. Like it was, it was a lot of work either way. We appreciate that you listened to it. If you did listen to it, thank you for listening tonight. This has been episode 261 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Uh, you can do that from any podcasting app, via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about, we had a fucking mountain of news to get through at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> obviously. So, And then Loki, there's just tons of shit to talk about with Loki because fuck that show is dense with yeah. comic book insanity so so much fun but if you want to chat at us about that kind of stuff uh you can hit us up on facebook at facebook.com slash dance robot dance i'm much more active over on twitter so you can hit us up as a group at drd underscore podcast or you can hit me up at m underscore willette on twitter or mt underscore willette on instagram tim is also on twitter now drd underscore tim you can see us bitch at each other via twitter all the time it's good times <laughs> you can also email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com that's it for us this week. I'm Mark. Have a good one, everybody. And Tim's been here. Say goodnight. For all time. I come to you with, glor- burning, with glorious, 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 glorious purpose. purpose. I love that line, honestly. Like, it's I love my- when Richard, when when classic Loki, you like oh. uttered it, like just as Eliath was about to like just so wreck dope. him, just glorious purpose. That was amazing. It's like Loki's like catchphrase. So good. Yeah. Um, burdened by glorious purpose either way <laughs> we'll talk to you guys in the future take it easy or the past who knows we don't know somewhere in the timeline we'll talk line. to you that's crazy <laughs>